All right. Fuck. We're... Oh, my God. All right. Welcome. What the fuck is this show? We are back with episode 17 of... Jesse Miles Podcast. With your host, Jesse Miles Snyder, a.k.a. In Over His Head, a.k.a. What are we even doing in this basement? A.K.A. Please help me. We got a weird one today. Uh, where do I even begin? Just, 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 you, you, this is going to blow your minds. Long-term listeners, this is going to blow your minds. Say words. 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 Guest, guest is in the house. Confirms uh, at least another, at least one other human being. We have another human being who's not a customer. And guess where we aren't? We're not in the booth. And I'm sorry, you're not going to hear me talk shit about strangers. But you're just going to have to deal with that. Uh, this has been a weird day. Uh, we already did. This is... All right. So shout out to Eli Harrington. That's your last name, right? Yes, it is. I Thank did my you. research. You can use my government name. All right. I was going to ask that after I said it already. <laughs> uh, A.K.A. Eli from the 802 on Instagram. I've talked about him before because he's helped out me with my food porn career and uh, just all around cool guy so this is my first fucking guest we are in an undisclosed location in a basement uh it's very weird and amazing all together i don't even know what's happening uh i wish i planned this a little better but that's how i roll so here we are fucking jesse miles podcast and i'm a listener as well jesse miles podcast fan so thank you very much and a follower on instagram so see you listen and you follow you can come on the podcast that's the thing so you know we don't have too long so i, I just like that you should do that you should have that be a, a feature that listen, like yes yeah, yeah like you know leave the best voicemail and you get to be a guest oh my god that might be a thing we got to get a hotline going yes so uh you know harrington we got we're Okay, I guess we don't have to rush too much if we are going to finish this up later yeah. down, down the street uh, in another undisclosed location. Uh, it would it, be my studio. We, that's fine. Yeah, we can disclose that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess I won't try to rush this too much, and that's cool because I think uh, I'm going to talk to you about Wu-Tang in the studio. Oh, perfect. Right? Yeah, good. And then right now I want to just get, since we're already in that mood, uh, we've been talking. I'm going to, you'll, you'll have heard a lot of, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do about editing this thing, but I am going to take whatever we just did, put it in with this, just slap it together. You know how I do. So anyway, I wanted to talk to you. So Eli, can you just explain your background a little? We'll, we'll talk about how cool you are. Hey, everybody. Jesse from the future here. Just wanted to explain a couple things. Uh, at this point, I'm going to switch us back to the interview I did with Eli on his podcast, uh, the Vermont Awana podcast, and I just stuck that intro in first because I thought it worked well with the format of my show. So anyway, uh, yeah, just didn't really feel like finding a smooth way to transition, hence this visit from me, Je Jesse from the future. So it's just going to be one long-ass episode, and it shouldn't jump around much after my interview part. Uh, so, I uh, hope you don't have shit to do for a while. Also, don't get used to this audio quality from the interviews. It's Eli's microphone we're using. I still don't have a nice one. If it bothers you, buy me a new microphone. Problem solved. Alright, back to past Jesse and past Eli. A little, like, entry, entrance music? Yeah. That's actually, that's, that's a great place to start. What would your entry, what's your entry music? 
if you're I, like a pro wrestler or something. I you know, I've been working on entry music and I've never used any. Like I keep thinking because I like personally to try to make everything myself. And not that I wouldn't want to just use a song, but I'm so scared of like legal legal. Uh, <coughs> oh, for like yeah. So I just sort of thought I should make my own, and I've been meaning to do that, and I'm like 17 episodes in now, and I have not. <laughs> well, which is way cooler if you can do that, and we did. Uh, shout out to Honey Twist. We got that. They did make us a Heady Vermont theme song, which was really cool. Yeah. A Heady Vermont jingle. And that's kind of like a peak. Having your own jingle Hell is pretty yeah. dope. I used to talk about this when I played baseball in college and rode the bench because we just like shoot the shit and like do dip and stuff. <laughs> and like, I wish vape pens had been around. I would have smoked so much weed on the bench in college. Uh, yeah. And done so much non smokable marijuanas. Um, but we would just talk about like what your at bat music would be or right. like walk up music. So hell yeah, I've never this actually is like, thought about it like that. We did. I did. Um, I've done three six mafia. Oh, love me some three six. This is a. Uh, this is some preferred entrance entrance music here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'll come in here and introduce it and blah blah blah. Nice. <laughs> so, no, I have like done. an intro. I do, but I don't. I don't. I do. It's like the formulas. I, I say, all right, we're back, episode something. And then I give three nicknames that I just make up a little bit beforehand. Yes. Oh, yes, dude, I your AKAs. Yes, your AKAs. Thank you. Do you listen to um, Bodega Boys? No. Have you ever heard that podcast? No. Um, Jesus and Marrow are the comedians. They have their own show on Showtime now. But the Bodega Boys podcast, that was like one of their running bits is they do like five minutes nice. of AKAs. Oh my God, I can't but handle that. Many. I got to like look mine up sometimes. <coughs> I can't like get them off the top. Every, every, it's probably like a couple episodes where I made them up. And most of the time though, I'll just go to like literally the nicknames Wikipedia. Just there's a Wikipedia for nicknames. And then there's a absurd amount of categories. And I'm like, what's the show mildly about? And then I just go with that, like, old artists. I love, <laughs> for some reason, I think, like, <coughs> fighter pilot nicknames are funny. Okay. I really don't know why. <laughs> I have this thing for, like, German fighter pilots. I don't know. <laughs> the Red Baron exactly. of podcasting. Absolutely. It's Jesse Miles. Oh my god. Yeah, see, I'm not I'm not really uh, getting creative enough with it, but that's all it is and then I just get going and <laughs> Yeah, I like saying uh this is a good trick that I picked up. Um you tell people welcome, you know, welcome to the Vermontawana podcast where we elevate the state cannabis in Vermont, you know. Right. And uh you know, say for our new listeners who are just joining us cuz then you give the impression nice. you're always growing. Hey everybody. Jesse from the future here just wanted to pop in and welcome all of our new listeners to the show uh, There's got to be one right maybe is this working does it seem like we're growing because I said that Let me know anyway back to past Jesse So it's oh, like oh, all clever. right like hey like you're new welcome aboard right. here's what you missed We're huh. talking about weed stuff mostly in the Vermont. illusion that you're growing makes it grow. <laughs> Not the yes, yes. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the illusion. I would say it's perspective. Okay. Perspective. Yeah, that sounds less like you're just lying to yourself and doing something for no reason. Well, and if there's one new listener, then you know they feel welcome. Welcome, exactly. Welcome so, to you, single person. Welcome to you, uh, Kevin. Kevin's the new one this week. So thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. <clears throat> I want to welcome Lisa. 
<laughs> Lisa, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, I know. I saw she was almost scrolled past it, but like, I think what? you reeled her in with the uh, with the attractive cover art. Oh yes, I've heard you. that's a big that's a big part of the, you got, the podcast world. You got. I grew my beard out just to take that picture. So I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked, and, and uh, that's what I appreciate about this extremely non-visual medium. Yes. You know, it's like finally a place for white guys with beards to to right. fit in. Yeah, I just want to be accepted. <laughs> Well, we should uh, we should introduce ourselves respectively. Okay. For all our new listeners who have no idea who the hell I'm talking to, you know they're probably not familiar. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who are hardcore from day one, also have no idea what the hell's going on here with this podcast. Um, so my we're doing a double podcast. This is a human centipede of podcasts. What even is it? <laughs> it's uh it's. It's two podcasts, one mic. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> and it is just that graphic from here at this amazing undisclosed location where um, we are enjoying ourselves. We are brought to you by the Burn Gallery. We thank them. Just mentioned that I won a great award from the donation to a Stay Toasty clothing drive. And uh, they've got great glass and great smokable CBD, which we were just talking about, too. Indeed. Smoking hemp. So um, thank you to the Burn Gallery. Absolutely. And thank you to Jesse Miles, the other host, slash Jesse Miles. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Hey, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. And thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, this is the podcast. This is Podcast Continuum. So... um, we met, let's give people a little context at least of how we met. Okay. We met, at least in my recollection, I saw your art at the Monkey House and thought it was sick. Yep. The original food <coughs> porn and hit yep. you up on Instagram. I was like, hey man, this is awesome. You did. You and, uh, tagged uh, me in a Hedy Vermont story. Yes. And that was big for me. Yeah, true. Yeah, we did tag deal. you. That was that was cool. And yeah. uh, I lived in Winooski and so I frequented the Monkey House quite frequently. Perfect saw your stuff and through following you on Instagram it's cool because like the best part of social media is when you feel like you get to know somebody totally because like you see their life and you're like all right man like what's Jesse making for dinner today or like Jesse's doing crazy ass art like oh shit Jesse's got a podcast so um that was super cool man I appreciate you as an as an artist and getting to know you as an individual and as a friend and let's uh love it let's do some some co-podcasting which absolutely what's your podcast like about or is the show about nothing it started about nothing. I always said in the beginning that it was about, I had this idea anyway, that I wanted it to be about people like in their 20s to 40s trying to make it in Vermont where, I don't know about you, but I've been told it's not a place where you do that and you have to leave where it's affordable and you make more money or whatever and then you can come back when you want to retire. And I thought that was, do you swear in your podcast? Oh, fuck yeah. Dude. I thought that was bullshit and I was like, I, I always had that idea that I had to get out of Vermont, and all the way up until I was about 25, my life was centered around like figuring out how I would get out of Vermont and where I would go. And then <clears throat> after I finished college, I liked it so much here that I didn't want to go anywhere, and I had a lot of trouble deciding to stay at first, but then I thought, let's embrace it, and let's just make that my thing. Like, I'm just trying to prove a bunch of people wrong now. And so the, the podcast was originally going to be, like, proving people wrong about trying to make it in Vermont. But it's been, like, a year, and making it in Vermont is extremely <laughs> difficult. So, like... It turns out. <laughs> this month, I think the 16th or something was the first episode of the podcast. And so, like, I'm still doing it, and things are better from where they started, especially career-wise. 
I think I'm poorer, but I just had more money I was sitting on that I then spent because I started an art career. But yeah, it was supposed to be about just making it in Vermont, but then I decided it's just me trying to do a podcast. And if you leave it at that, it's fine. But I always thought I needed to reel it in. So right now it's about nothing, but I don't think it's going to continue to be about nothing exactly. Mm. But it'll figure out what it's about soon. I mean, I think the uh, people should follow you on, on Instagram and check out your... Your art, I fully you know, agree. The full collection of it. You do have a studio in Burlington for those people in Chittenden County who I are sure listening. Do. And I know that you sell it <laughs> discounted there in person. And you can I come check out the entire <laughs> scene. Come on down. I work at the Space Gallery, which is on Pine Street in the soda plant. I know there's a lot of weird sounding things, but just look up one of those things or message me. Uh, find me on Instagram at, at Jesse Miles Chainsaw. And once you land there, you'll see my other uh, random pages that I have, the one for the podcast and the one for the food porn art that uh, Eli mentioned when he was talking about seeing my stuff at the monkey house. Yeah, you're a, yeah, you're a painter. How did you, when did you start painting? As a, I mean, it never stopped, really. As a kid, I was, in, I was that kid, like, you know, as the art kids. Uh-huh. And I thought, I'll be an artist. And then <clears throat> by the end of high school, that, those kind of dreams are discouraged. Not by my parents, just by society. Um, so I decided don't do that. But I always kept doing art, and painting came and went. And my ex actually worked at a craft store, so I would get like random paints, and that's kind of where it yeah. kept it going. But then I stopped for a long time. Didn't paint a thing through college except for for classes. And then my now girlfriend hooked me up with a, a fucking shout out to Scrawler Box. Wait. Shout out. Yes. Shout out to Scrawlerbox. Um, <laughs> yes. Jesse's got a full soundboard in his podcast. Sort of. Um, and that was a really cool subscription art supply service where mm. they just sent you random stuff. And I got some cool pens and some notepads and I started drawing food porn. And now I'm doing this podcast <sighs> with you. Dude, so let's get Scrawler to sponsor your podcast. I would love for Scrawler. That seems pretty basic. Like, yeah. Yeah. A hundred bucks a month. I think that's about what they oh, yeah. buy you a nice mic. That'd be great. That'd be uh, sick. All right. Yeah. Here we go. We're working through this podcasting thing. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, your podcast too. I think I appreciate your. You have you have some you have Wu Tang reviews in there. I sure do. And you record this podcast from like a pretty unique location too, right? Indeed, I I work at a parking garage. I want to say part-time, but it's not. I actually work like 30 hours a week now. But uh, I guess it's technically part-time. But the point is I've been working there more and more to try to supplement my income as I do like weirder crap with my career uh-huh. since it's a little riskier and I need more padding. Yes. Because so, <clears throat> I've not, not made a dime off my podcast, but I'm going to keep doing it until I literally make a dime at least and then <laughs> continue. But anyway. Well, it's and part- you have the art, you know, the art too. Right. right. So and this that- is like a, to- this is a typical Vermont thing and kind of like a creative thing where you have like multiple hustles. Right. And multiple jobs that are like it's that secure. Gig economy, man. Right. It's a real thing. Right. So this is like your bottom bitch. This is my bottom bitch. You know, Absolutely. the parking gig is like, you know. Um, just... But I just noticed, like, listening to your podcast, like, you're recording it from in that booth, right? Yes. Yeah, so I do it right in the booth while I'm on the clock. And I don't edit out most of the customer interactions unless there's like sensitive info or things I just don't want to put on or just took too long. But. Uh, yeah, and I really uh, was bothered by that at first, and I always wanted to do it somewhere else. But then after a few episodes, people started talking about 
how they liked that aspect. And so if you listen to it all the way through, and God bless you if you can, it starts out rough. But I, I really started embracing the customer interactions and they're practically half the show now and yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do if i stop working there uh well i mean i think it's i well you can definitely still carry it you know carry it forward without being there you know right. you could do like random like ask people random questions on the street thing i you have know? considered things like that but i think <clears> like <throat> you're really you're really funny in how you interact with people you know and then observe them and i think like you have a funny you know kind of kind of take on you know I don't know the general the general public and I like yeah. you know your art is kind of sarcastic uh, you know nice. a little bit yeah. but you know yeah I one man's take I'm pretty much here to just subtly pick on people but not in like a <laughs> malicious way and not like specific people but just like the general public the general art world like I just sort of really am bothered but I'm I I'm always annoyed at everything most things bother me you listen to my podcast enough it's gotta be 65% me just complaining and it's for me now it's a way to let that all out and not like go nuts Mm -hmm. and so um yeah I think I think I don't even where the hell was that question beginning oh well I was asking you about like you know kind of your your like take and your sort of like your your kind of like perspective right like giving people a sense of like the podcast and like how it relates to you or you know or if it's more just like uh, you know something you do because it's fun to it's fun to get out right too. okay so, you know and it is like a fun way to pass the time while you're at your job absolutely and it becomes <clears throat> funny I think it's funny because like it's part about the medium you know people listen to podcasts like while they're at work right. like while they're driving like you're passing time and you want like interesting shit to listen to yeah like get to know about interesting people right and this is cool because we're you know generally in Vermont in similar circles and people can like run into us totally. easily enough yeah. you know and like listen to this and like DM us and we'll like hit them back and be like hey thanks yeah. or like fuck you back you yeah, know, or right. like, yeah, penis right back at you. Mm-hmm. You know, I never got fuck you. Typical, yeah, I haven't gotten any of those either. The DMs, mm, not yet. Fire emojis. A lot of. <laughs> I've gotten some fire emojis. I am on fire, but. A couple of fire emojis. It definitely started as just a something to do because I thought I needed to do something else because mm-hmm. I'd never think I'm doing enough stuff. Mm. And so I was like, podcast, cool, but I had no plan. And now it's more just like a therapy session for myself to just complain about everything. And just sort of get thoughts out that I would otherwise never put out. Because if you ask anyone, I don't talk this much ever. Yeah. Never in my life. I probably said more words on my podcast in the last year than I've said in my whole life. And I'm not, like, I'm pretty, like, I'm not, like, closed off and weird about my emotions. I'm just, I don't know. I don't, I don't talk. Yeah. Never. Just doing your own thing. Yeah. And it's, like, stuff, like, bothers me throughout the day, but it kind of just goes away. And if someone asks, like, how was your day? I'm like, oh, it's fine. But really... There was a hundred things that pissed me off that day, but by the end of the day, it's all just kind of back there, muddled. Yeah. And so I just sort of like, it's back there though. And the podcast allows me to just kind of get it out. So I just keep a running list of stuff that pisses me off. (laughs) And you have the podcast way to get it out. The, um, do well, I know this is obviously podcast is a, is an audio medium, but the food porn, right? Like how did that kind of start? Because that's sort of a catalyst I know it's something that just draws a lot of people's attention initially and like I'll try to explain it and just encourage people to go check out your Instagram and the other Instagram culinary smut peddler oh yes which is also hilarious right you can find that through my main page but if you're feeling adventurous just type in culinary smut peddler into Instagram you'll find it 
Um, I like that because I'm kind of, I have this, like, I'm acting like it's a real brand, but if you read my captions and stuff, it's like some angry brand ambassador, like, just, I'm, like, threatening people to buy my stuff. I'm, like, calling them dumb for owning whatever backpack they have, and they should throw it in the trash and buy mine, like, and it's just, like, not me, but it's a part of me. So, anyway, check it out if you dare. Well, you are also a, uh, you're also, like, a chef. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and I am. Uh, I've noticed too, like from following your Instagram. And I was right. curious. I was going to ask you, like, where did you learn? Can I have some? Yes, I was going to offer. All right, yeah, have please. A, have at it. Uh, podcasting one on one, like, don't only have alcohol is the only liquid, or yeah, you know, yeah, you learn that the hard way something. in previous. Like, go back to episode ten, uh, Vermont Tawana fans and followers, and uh, and listen to that slurry update. <laughs> uh, what? But food porn. Yeah, the um. Did you, like, go to culinary school, or you just like oh, to cook, or... It's weird. You know what I mean? Because, like, you make your own pasta, I do. like, all day, and you're all roasting really chickens, ever... like, every day. You got it. And, like, spoiler alert, you're not, like, morbidly obese. Like, <laughs> you know, you look like you're in good, you know, in good shape and a healthy guy. I mean, you it, know? I look like that, but actually I'm currently switched to uh, uh, sort of an Atkins-style diet because I have terrible cholesterol. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't cooking, let looks roasting all these chickens in butter. Yeah, no, it's, it's honestly all a sugar and bread and mm. like flour and sugar was what was probably like I've lost. I don't know how much I'm not keeping track, but um, it's basically about the numbers in the blood later, not my weight. But when I go to the I am curious to see what I weigh in like six months. But I know I, I can fe I feel different physically, like yeah. when I touch my belly and stuff. It's it's there, but it's different. It's a different belly. <laughs> it's a belly. I don't know. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, no. Do I did I want to be a chef? No, I actually didn't like cooking until kind of until I met my girlfriend and I started just getting. She is a great chef and she got me excited about making food. And there was things that I wanted to tackle that she didn't do. And so I thought like I can learn all these things she doesn't know how to do because she I don't need to learn to make bread because she does it better than I would ever do it. And she's really good with like baked goods and like you know she she knows what the hell she's doing. I know what I'm doing in certain situations, and I do have this like goal to learn to just cook total, totally with instinct, because I think that's like the coolest way. And I don't want to just follow recipes. I want to learn to cook, and I want to mm. be able to like cook a a nice meal on like an open flame someday. I'm just like I don't know a discarded fence, <laughs> you know, like something yeah. crazy. Like I want to be able For to do sure. that kind of stuff, and so. <clears throat> I'm slowly just learning, like, that's why I roast chickens all the time, and that's why I love, like, making, like, scrambled eggs, like, hundreds of times and making just pasta over and over and over and over because you'll never really master it, but it's, like, something you continue to just get better at and better at and better at, and, like, I love just being able to, like, obsess over something like that, and it actually probably did affect my health despite uh, my physique, but uh, I, uh, I'm reeling that in, and, I, I mean, I made some ravioli recently, and... That was just like, we call those indulgence days, not cheat days, because cheats, it's like a negative thing. Like, you're doing something wrong, and it's deceptive. But we're just indulging because we're human beings, and if you don't eat good food that tastes good, you will go insane. Slowly, yes. And, you know? So, as important as the diet is right now, health-wise, I'm still going to have some goddamn pasta, like, once or twice a month. Yeah. Yeah. Balance. But that was actually more of a recent thing, and I always kind of regret that I didn't get more into it. My mom was a good chef, and still is. She's not dead. She's around. You got to be careful when you refer to your parents, like in the past. Like, oh, right. she was a great chef. Oh, God, yeah. Her soul. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, they used to like contribute to society, and now they're just like, yeah, she's just doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think she'll listen to this, but maybe, Mom, I love you. But 
I don't think I know she I, <laughs> hilarious story my stepdad told me one time he was listening to the podcast and she came out and the first thing she said was can you turn that down <laughs> so, I know how she feels. No, she's great. But she was a great chef, and I know that she wanted me to get in the kitchen with her, and she wanted me to garden with her, and I could have been, like, doing that shit my whole life, but I didn't care. Right. And I really wish I did, because I think that actually would have been what I did if I didn't do whatever the hell I'm doing now. Yeah. So it's sort of just like a attempt to kind of keep that alive. Not that I'm looking for necessarily a chef job. I don't know if I could mm. really be a true chef, but if someone wanted to pay me to just make pasta all morning and then go home before dinner... <laughs> pretty pretty good that'd be a great gig yeah 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 that's kind of those it was kind of a random thing and it was almost like i don't know if the food the food porn almost got me like extra interested in food Mm. and i thought let me like show that like i know what i'm doing in a way with the food porn because i think it ties into like the restaurant industry here so well and the agricultural industry that i want to show that i also like i know about food and i appreciate it not just beyond making a funny picture yeah well, it is funny what you say, too, because you are like, you know, it's from uh, from like soil to like restaurant to like you making pictures of this food. Yeah. You know, like basically fucking each other. Right. In all of these different ways in the same way that you're doing that artistically with like yeah. the food scene in Vermont, like, yeah. you know, fucking and sucking itself, you yeah, know, together. Oh, yeah. yeah. In a beautiful way. Yeah. You know. Love it. What a great way to put it. <laughs> Phenomenal. I mean, hopefully not like offensively, you know, no, not, I mean that positively. Yes. But, um, yeah, man, well, the, uh, the podcast scene in Vermont, like, what other podcasts do you listen to? Do you listen to other podcasts? You know what's weird? I only, like, so recently I started listening to Vermont Awana purely for, like, research purposes, but it seems like the type of thing I'd like to kind of keep going with. Thank um, you. But... Generally, I don't seek, like, informational anything political because it just stresses me out, and I'm pretty, like, stressed out. (laughs) There could be nothing going on. I'm already stressed out. So it's, like, pretty bad rabbit hole to get down. So I listen to, like, some random Philly podcasts. I have a friend who has this hip-hop group called Everything But Nothing, EVN Squadron. Check them out. Um, Shout out. Um, yeah. uh, fucking, so I started listening to them and then they were on a podcast so I started listening to that podcast and they were on another <laughs> podcast so I started listening to that and then it just sort of like I realized they're all friends mm-hmm. and I'm like weirdly obsessed with this group of like Philly rappers and producers and just cool people and so there's like Aggressively Passive podcast and there's the BZ podcast and uh, I think it's called Hotbox no I forget scratch that one <laughs> there's another one where they smoke weed in the car and talk but I think that might be it. There's one with like Cypress Hill guy. At least I know it? it's like a, you, yeah, I think so. But I don't know. That one I've just wrong. barely started, so I don't, I don't. I don't have no idea what's going on. Hey everybody, Jesse from the future here. I just wanted to say that podcast I was referring to is indeed called the Hotbox Podcast. You can find them on Instagram at the Hotbox Podcast. It is not hosted by anyone from Cypress Hill, however, it is hosted by Black Lavender, uh, who you should check out on on the Instagram uh, at I am Black Lavender underscore. Uh, so that's that's what I was talking about there, just kind of spaced out. Uh, also, I meant to say shout out to the Lur and Lionel podcast. Check them out on Instagram at Lur and Lionel, L-E-R-A-N-D-L-I-O-N-E-L. 
they show their show's called Late Night with Lur and Lionel, and it's definitely one of my favorites as well. All right, back to past Jesse and past Eli. But uh, yeah, so I like just sort of that kind of stuff. For some reason, I'm hooked on those. Like I have to keep up with those. But then I'll just listen to random like Spotify ones, like that Dolly Parton's America, uh-huh. fucking dissect. Uh, anything that like dives into music and like stories behind music and like yeah, stories okay. behind hip hop and stuff like that. Yeah. So if I need something to really just like think about, that's not like, cause those podcasts I mentioned earlier, it's just friends talking. So it's not like a narrative. It's just sort of like a w- hilarious conversation going on. Right. And, and I think that's part of like what people like we were talking about before, like, you know, this episode, like how to make a podcast, like, yeah, you know, like just, so, it's cool to like get to sh- meet other people in kind of their crew and their circle and like. Right. Passively aggressive EBN squadron. Yeah. These are podcasts that I'll probably check out now. Yeah, you should keep um, the human centipede going. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they're there's something else, and I just love what they're doing. And so I just want to I want to watch their come up. And I think like especially EBN squadron, they're gonna be. I think people are gonna know who they are someday soon. Nice. Um, they're just making moves, and like I went to Champlain with one of the guys from there, and he killed it out here on his own doing like dollar shows, like packing the house. Just I didn't get to go much because in college I refused to like hang out with kids because I started when I was 25 and I just wasn't I didn't have the time and I didn't wanna mm-hmm. and I had a lot I had a really intense degree so I had to really spend all the time I could working but anyway uh, I heard about it and I could see what he was doing and I heard his demos and I just really believed in what he was doing and so I just kind of followed him and now I there's like several weird podcasts and albums and artists and all these things. I don't know. Just blossomed this weird. I have this weird yeah. obsession with like the Philly hip hop scene. I can't explain. It. <laughs> <laughs> I like. It. I like it. I mean, yeah, dude, you have a lot of uh, a lot of hip hop in your in your podcast. I do. And like in your social media in general, uh, I think you did like you listen to like one Wu Tang album every single day, right? Uh, I've done and it. reviewed like a million. You you've reviewed like a million. You know. Wu Tang albums. Yeah, <laughs> and I listen to your podcast, and you're like, if you'll remember back to episode ten, <laughs> I actually talked about this Capadonna album. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So I started it like the original journey of the Wu, as I call it, started without the podcast. And when I started the podcast, I was almost done it. So I just started the podcast like eighty percent way through the first time I listened to all the Wu Tang albums. So then I thought I should do it again, and then I finished, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gonna do it again, but harder. And that's where <laughs> we're at now. We're on Journey of the Wu three. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Thanks. Have you like? Are there other Wu Tang podcasts out there? Is there like a Wu Tang podcast community? You'd think I would know. Okay, but I haven't even tried to seek that out. What I the are you a redditor, by the way? Uh, I'm like a I'm a recovering redditor. Recovering redditor. Okay. I I used to get deep into the comments, and I could tell you like I got top post a top uh, comment of the day once, and I fucking you know I've made some post karma. I've, I've made some roof. karma. Yeah, I've made some post karma. I hope you bought Bitcoin with that karma. I should have. No, I was actually not on Reddit as much when that got going. I've since I still have the app on my phone, but it's not logged in because I need <laughs> to just browse from a distance. Uh-huh. It's dangerous. Yes, understood but, and um, agreed. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, sorry. I was, no. uh, the Philly, the Philly, uh, the hip hop podcast. Oh, so um, like, oh, with the, the, the journey of the Wu three. So with the Wu Tang, the reason I don't listen to Wu Tang podcast, the only Wu Tang stuff I've taken in is like they had a Hulu documentary and they had a Hulu show. Uh-huh. And so I had to watch that because like I couldn't resist. But generally, I like to try to formulate all my own opinions, even if they're bad, because then I like to. I have an idea of actually going back in like Journey of the Wu 4 and just 
re, like just ripping into Journey of the Woo 2 about how wrong I was about <laughs> everything. And like 28 year old Jesse, you were so dumb. Exactly. Like, so <laughs> I don't know. So it's like this ever changing opinion, and I don't want too many other opinions to get into there. Yeah. And so I don't I don't get too deep into it. I read the lyrics. Genius.com <laughs> is my favorite website in the world. Mm. Fucking shout out to Genius.com. <laughs> Greatest lyrics. You can click on it. I don't know if you're familiar, but you click, and then you can get, like, back... If, if someone's annotated it, you can get, like, info on the one line, like, a word. And then a lot of them on bigger... Uh, for bigger artists, it's actually approved by the artist. So it's not even just shit that's made up. Oh, cool. And the lyrics themselves are also approved by the artist. So it's really... Mm. Not all of them, but it's such a... you. It's such a rabbit hole, and you just keep going and yeah, going. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, like, Wikipedia... Dude, like, Wikipedia was amazing for that. You can mm -hmm. go back and, like... Oh my God! Shout out to Tim Dumphy. Shout out. He was a uh, he was a senior when I was a freshman, and he was one who like showed me that Wikipedia had hip hop artists on it. Yes. And I was like, awesome. oh my God! And I was like, discovered so much music that way. It's essentially that, but just a different website with a different format. And yeah, I love it. And so that's what I'll do. I'll go into Genius, but that's as far as I take it. And I try not to follow the links too deep because I don't want to like Get soak influenced. in opinions. Right. I'm just trying to like formulate my own because it's been. They've always been a part of my life, but it's like the first five album, the first five like big Wu-Tang solo albums were always kind of like playing in the background. But I never got into like the weird shit, like mid-aughts, like the shit no one has yeah. heard of or listened to or is even that good. Yeah. I like that shit. Yeah, the, okay. the classics are great, and I've absorbed those a lot. But something about listening to like just the worst of the worst yeah, really dude, makes me happy. Yeah, dude, you're really, really Capadonna heavy. I gotta say, it's wild. You gotta be like very high in the Capadonna fan list. Oh yeah, he once uh, shared a story of mine on his Instagram, and I'm good to die now because <laughs> he was like this. He was like, uh, you know, the Spotify breakdown you get at the end of the year. It said like he I, he was like my most listened to newly discovered artist. And so I, I put that up there, and he, like, gave me a little shout-out on his Instagram, and I was like, whew, that's it. Yeah, I made it, man. That's yeah, awesome. That's it. We're best friends. <laughs> so. I feel like he would be a guy who would be down for, like, the cocaine pondering, or the sheep pondering cocaine. He might be. Painting. Yeah. He smokes a lot of weed, too. I think he might like the nugs and hops doing 69. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that is another, <laughs> another great one. I agree. That one I think is still at Monkey House, and I'm almost offended because it's like, come on, that's amazing. You should have yeah, bought that by now. I, yeah, that does seem like in in like fucking Burlington area. Right, of Vermont, I was literally that's be pandering. The most obvious. I was totally pandering. <laughs> Didn't work. Shows what. Maybe that's what. It, maybe that's what it is, people. It's like the hops and the nugs aren't like you know like close enough, and it's like that's not a Chinook hop. Mm, yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like, oh, what is that? It's like a Cascade and like a Kush. Oh like, my God, you're right. A bunch of fucking you know, weed snobs. It's all the weed and the beer snobs oh together God. who are like, this is. This, how, what is this headiness? That's great. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I used to work at a. Uh, I worked at a. Speaking of multiple gigs, I worked at a brewery, Nano Brewery, um, in Burlington. Was it Simple Roots? And uh, yes, but I'll bleep that out. For Sorry. My podcast. No, it's okay. Well, you said it in another podcast. That's how I know. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm. I guess by now I probably have. I mean, whatever. It's been like a year and a half. I never I wanted to associate their business with weed because they weren't like, they're doing their own thing, you know. Fair enough. And like, well, I didn't, I didn't want to bring my shit into their scene. Beep if you want. I just remember you mentioned and they being a very much didn't want me to bring their my shit into their scene. And that's know, why you're so. not there, maybe. No, yeah, I just well, remembered because they hosted a show for me once, and I yes. thought that was very cool of them. Yes, they are very cool, and I I really liked the job. That's and cool. um and they were really good to me, and like we had a great a great deal, and Ooh, they right. totally like helped me out, and objectively. 
their beer is like they're one of the best breweries because right he does like a million different styles really well. Anyway. But Why anyways, the snobbery. Oh, okay. Like you know, it's a real thing. Like Burlington people are all pretty cool, and over there it's just like New North End people like having their own brewery that they yeah. can go to and hang out at like a bar, mm -hmm. you know, and they get enough other tourist business. But uh, you'll get people who will come in and they'll ask you questions, and it's like you got to make sure you don't get trapped in that. <laughs> yeah, because it's like just let you them can get over more. your head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just let them know more. It's no, like, you tell me about my job. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> like, you know what, man? I didn't brew it, so uh, yeah. I can't actually tell you. But, uh, yeah, the tanks are all metal. Yeah. Yeah, sorry <laughs> to blow up your spot, but it's funny because I literally had a note here that just said, you worked at blank? That's cool. It was, no, it, was super, it was super cool, and I think uh, I try to... That's why the weed stuff is so personal to me, because having worked in a regulated industry and yeah. alcohol, I'm like, I got stung and survived, passed it. You know, like, 19-year-old kid came in and gave me an ID. Oh. And, you know, they looked like underage and sketchy, and I carded them. And the ID was like, I did the math, and I was like, uh, you're 19. I can't serve you. And then the DLC guy came in and was like, congratulations. You know, we'll make sure to tell them you passed... You know, nice, nice. We sent people in and blah, blah. I was like, yeah, well, no problem. How hard was that? <laughs> but um, it was a really cool scene over there, and they let me do trivia. So um, that's one of my other, that was one of my other, like, pursuits, a trivial pursuit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started a trivia night there, um, and that was super, that was super fun because the place, yeah. like, you could pack it up. And they had a pizza place next door. <laughs> and so it was just like community vibes. Yeah. And so, yeah, they were uh, they were really, really good to me. And that place is awesome. Yeah, go support Simple Roots. Hell yeah. So um, we're, leaving that, <clears throat> we're leaving that in? But, yeah, sure. Yeah, right. I mean, whatever. They're not going to, you know, they wouldn't really care. We love Simple Roots. Yeah, exactly. Plus, I don't know, there's, there's actually probably a little bit of crossover. Like, I met a lot of really cool people there who uh, I thought the New North End was all, like, cranky ass old people and yeah. like low-key like super poor people Hell in yeah. burlington and like i was right but it's been gentrified yeah. now and so it's like now it's like the bougiest like yeah. you know come up in place and those guys are crushing it and simple roots is like the neighborhood brewery Love it. and it's an awesome brewery for for tourists and shit too. Oh yeah! Shout out to Andrew on the bar. Hell yeah, man! That's my uh, that's my good friend who got me job there. Cool. Yeah, he. I just went to high school with him and his brother. I just love those guys. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah, dude, his brother's been sober for over a year now. He's doing great. Yeah, I see him. I saw him recently, and he seems. Yep. Seems good. Yeah, killing it. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, cheers. Yes, drink. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, dude. So, what's your uh? How we used to do with with Hedy Vermont, um, we start we start doing artist profiles. I've been in one. Exactly, yeah. as you know. Indeed. So let's relive this for the podcast. Okay. Um, what is the you know, what are your thoughts on on weed? You know, is it something that's part of your life or not? You know, do you <laughs> care about laws changing? You know, it's funny. <clears throat> My Hedy Vermont response I remember was something like, uh, "We've been." sweethearts since high school <laughs> um but yeah for me it's like i obviously support I, I smoke it and i support its legalization but i'll never be truly comfortable talking about that until it's nationally legal mm -hmm. and i've actually only started talking about the fact i smoke weed in like the last maybe half of my show 
Because mm. I don't like that to be necessarily my brand. Right. Because it's not really. It's just something I do to, like, stay normal. Right. For me, it's sort of like when I'm hanging out, like, yeah, we smoke to get high. Mm-hmm. But mainly during the day, I'm not smoking to get high. I'm just trying to, like, cut the edge and, like, deal with life and get to work and do work and come right. back. And it doesn't affect me like it does a lot of people, I think, just because it's been so long. And it's more of, like, just a, you know, like a medication. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, I support it fully. Um, and But for me, it's just, like, I'm never going to relax until it's nationally legalized. And it's, you know, you can go to the store right now and go get some. Yeah. Then I'll feel good about it. But until then, places are still getting raided and there's so much bullshit. And plus, even I'm not going to be happy until, like, once it gets legalized till like, the market regulates itself and there's not, like, a bunch of shitty product. There'll always be <clears> shitty <throat> product, but I just want it to be, like, obvious. Right. I want it to be, like, the alcohol industry where it's, like, top shelf, bottom shelf. Like, mm-hmm. here's the garbage. Here's the good <laughs> stuff. And right. here's the mid-range. So, like, for me, that's what I want to see. And I don't know if I'll ever see that. I'm pretty, like... I think it'll be... Negative. I think in 10 years it's going to be there no matter what. Yeah. For sure, dude. There's way too much fucking money. Like, that's I think true. That's the real... I've always wondered why why they haven't jumped on it yet. Because there's so much money. Yeah. Like, when you want all that money, isn't that what capitalism and, like, old white dudes are about? Theoretically. It's strange. It's strange to me. So, yeah, it's like... I want that so bad, and that's, like, my utopia almost, but... Right now, it's like, even though it's, like, legal here, I have no idea what that means. I have no idea how much I can have on me. I have no idea what's going to happen if I get caught with it. I have no idea where I can smoke it. I don't know. I know I could look this up. I could just ask you. Yeah. But. One ounce, don't smoke in public. And, like, just don't have a bowl or a joint in the ashtray when you get pulled over. Hell no. And they probably won't fuck with you. I actually, yeah. The other thing is, like, I get freaked out because I think they're looking for stone drivers more. And I know you've heard about, Mm. like, cops especially like down south just being like no you're high and they're like oh but there's nothing on the test that says i'm high and they're like yeah but i've been trained for this so i know (laughs) and you're going to jail and so like that freaks me the fuck out and so i don't fuck around like i like i'll make sure before i drive home that i'm like i'll like do a field sobriety test like to myself Mm -hmm. i've passed two (laughs) (laughs) so i'm good at them uh but yeah it's just I love it, and I want it to be a thing, but I keep it to myself, and I pretend it's not a thing because I'm just worried still. It's like residual worry from, like, the 2000s or whatever. Yeah. Well, and everybody kind of has, I think, their own relationship with it, you know, and, like, it's so different. It's so, like, different and personal for everybody else, like, how they use weed or don't. Absolutely. You know, even, like, people who have bad experience, and they're like, nah, not for me. Yeah. You know? Um, But, yeah. Well, thanks, man. Interesting. Thanks. You know? Like you said, they're not defining you think you know i kind of like just leaned into that super hard where it was like it yeah works. you're like i don't really give a fuck you sure. know like it's fun, it works like, yeah yeah but like, for me it wasn't even like about the <laughs> brand right now it was about me myself yeah like as even through college i just didn't want to like no one in college knew i smoked weed till like senior year when it just came up but they were like oh you smoke weed and i'm like you've literally never seen me sober this whole time <laughs> i was smoking weed this entire time suckers Shyamalan twist <laughs> exactly I never would have thought that big Shyamalan me. twist at the end man so that's what i did and that's how i liked it and it's for me it's just like a private thing like yeah. people aren't talking about all like the Xanax they're fucking doing to get through their work day. Right. Some are. Well, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people, you know, we just like a casual thing. And it's like, we weren't sitting here before we started recording talking about like, oh, like this is like, you know, we weren't talking about growing weed, you know, or like this is a kind of weed or like, 
you know, weed snobbery kind of stuff. Right. You know, I mean, like, it's something that gave us a chance to talk about, like, your art, you know, and, like, who you are and, like, the Wu-Tang Clan, you know, and all yeah. that. And so, like, that's what I appreciate about it, you know, and why I like this, like this scene, because it is just, like, a cool vehicle yeah. to, like, meet people and, like, open up other conversations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Um, and I like when people can kind of, like, cut that, like, I actually want to talk to you about this when we do mine real quick. Yeah. Uh, is about, like, stereotypical stoners. Yeah. Oh, let's like do that. it, dude. I mean, because, like, for me, I've always just wanted to avoid that. Like, I don't want to be seen as, like, a stoner because mm-hmm. I don't, like, get high and get stupid and start, like, I mean, I might get, like, phys- philosophical if you want, but for me, it's just, like, for me, it's as, as low-key as having a cup of coffee with a friend. Right. And I like any time anyone can break that norm of what a stoner is. And that's why I thought in college, I'm not telling a soul about this. And I had, uh, I'll never forget, I had a 3.45 GPA. And because I was like that close to a 3.5, which would have been whatever magna come loudly. (laughs) That one. I'll always regret not putting in like a minute extra bit of effort. But. I still killed it in college. I had a really intense degree. It was a game art and animation degree, and I know you might not believe me, but you got about a, you got to put in about as much time as you would if you were getting a law degree. Wow. It's a lot of fucking work, and I did so much stuff, and I did it as best as I could, and I never ruffled any feathers. Everyone liked my work, and I was fucking high the whole time, and <laughs> I loved that. But in the end, I wasn't like, what up, bitches? I was stoned. Like, it just came up at one point. It's like, wait, a video game animation student and you smoke weed? No way, dude. It just, like, didn't come up. But, yeah, I've been high since you knew me. And, yeah, I started in 2015. No, wait, I graduated. Oh, my God, I graduated in 2015. I started in 2011. I always forget that. I don't know why. I've told a lot of people Mm. that I started college in 2015 i think Later anyway life, yeah <laughs> anyway i actually st- i graduated in 2015 but yeah i just i didn't want that to be like what people knew about me i just wanted my work to speak for itself i didn't want anyone to think anything about like if i missed class because i was fucking high I, I don't know i just feel like there's a, still a negative to being a stoner or one who smokes weed sure and then i think like for me i've always been obsessed with trying to break that that's, yeah that's yeah I think that's, I think you're right, man. And I think there are different ways people go about breaking it, you know, Yeah. including like being financially successful. And ultimately, I think just not really, for most people, I think it comes down to like not giving a fuck, you know, like totally. if you're like in this kind of like, you know, scene at some point, whatever it is, whether you're like, you know, let's say a glass artist, mm-hmm. you know, um, or you're somebody who's like a hemp farm, you know, like somebody who like sold hemp clothing in the 90s yeah you know i mean that's the thing like it's become so much more mainstream yeah in the last five years like exponentially so right where i think it's a lot kind of similar to um you know same-sex marriage Mm. and like rights for same-sex couples and i'm not saying it's like that serious right obviously not right you know um, but I'm saying like the way that culturally things have changed so much okay. in like over a 10 or 20 year span. Like I talked about like my parents, like, you know, growing up with lesbian parents and like mm. now it's like a cool thing and it's like part of pop culture. Oh, I immediately like, said that's so it's cool always because been, like, it fucking is. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> I agree. But you know, it's like weed was like, is on that similar arc, you know, totally, and now it's like, that. it's part of pop culture and like there are shows about it that are not just like 
the same dumb stereotype. Gotcha. You know, and I think, like, that part of pop culture has changed. And I think, unfortunately, like, a lot of it's just the money, mm -hmm. you know, that has, like, made it seem more acceptable because it's, like, a way for people to, to make money. And that's, like, the goal of society now. Yeah. You know, right? But, um, don't mean to rant nah. on that in that way, but, like, um... Yeah, I don't know. I think it. I think it's come a long, a long way, and ultimately, like, you're just not going to change people's, a lot of people's mindsets. Nah. You know, especially like people of a certain age. Totally. And people of a certain conditioning. Yeah, we're just basically and waiting like, for people to die so we can chill. <laughs> that's that's kind of where we're at. You know, <laughs> I I really hate to, uh, and uh, and yeah, that's how the Vermont legislature works, man. So yeah. you know. I mean, I said it, you didn't. Give so. it a gener give it a generation. Exactly. You know, it did take like it took a lot of work to get to such a crazy point. Yeah. You know, and a lot of really shady shit that we now know about. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, damn, like. It took all that work and all that going really well for yeah. all those shady people to get to such a negative place with such a good thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, <clears throat> the stereotype's still there for sure, but... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, though, because I have, like, this weird, like, idea about it, and I don't know if it's right or not, you know? Because, like, I think everyone would think I'm a stoner. I get worried my hair gets too long because I look like I smoke weed suddenly. It gets... I don't know what point it is. But at some point, my hair gets to a certain length where I'm like, that guy smokes weed. And I don't want that. I like to be a little more clean cut just because it looks like maybe I don't smoke weed. And I don't know what that's about. But it's literally like a lot of what keeps me looking, trying to look at least clean cut. It's just I don't want people to think I smoke pot. Yeah. That seems more like a you thing uh -huh. than a weed Most thing. Most of my problems are a me thing. Right. Absolutely. It's a you thing, not a weed thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't want to blame weed. But it is also a weed thing. You know, like, that's all. That's going to be a thing until, like you yeah. said, until, uh, I don't know, in 20 years, it's just, I think it's so clear the way that it's going as far as, like, pharmaceuticals taking individual cannabinoids right. and, like, I think it'll be really good and, like, in, like, 50 years we'll be like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, can't believe this used to be like this. I know. And we'll be telling tales about Prohibition Days and, like, yeah, they used to mail it and gift wrap bags yeah. and vacuum seal it and put it in a Christmas box and send it from California. Love it. You know, back when we had a U.S. postal system. Oh, my God. You know? I've been waiting. I don't know. I hate the U.S. postal system for some reason. It's a whole other rant that I can't even get into because I haven't formulated it entirely, but right. they just bother me deeply and I don't think we need it. Which, speaking of, dude, we still have to do your podcast. I know. We still I have to do your podcast. 45 minutes. And I know. We have, um, and in like 15 minutes, we have to get out of here so these guys can close up at 8. Okay. Well, so let's like, just bust in. We can. Well, fast. let's start. You know, we can start and then we can finish wherever, whenever. Okay. Yeah, we could always just finish up at the studio if you really want. Sure. To. Okay. I'm gonna stop my recording and start a new one, and then we can do that. Unless you want to finish up some smooth way. No, that's cool. Okay. Tight. Hey, everybody. Jesse from the future here once again. So at this point, I'm going to switch us back to the interview you heard at the very beginning of the episode. Uh, we're still in the basement. And if you remember correctly, I was just asking Eli to tell us about himself. So here we go. Starting the thing over again, but from a different spot. Hang in there. It should make sense from here on out. Back to past Jesse and past Eli. Oh, thanks, man. Well, we're we're talking because I got into the world of cannabis media and events publicly a few years ago um, and <clears throat> started a blog called Vermontawana in part because I was doing nonprofit work. Uh, I used to I'm from Vermont originally, Winooski, 
Winooski My Town. Hell yeah. Um, maybe we'll edit in some Winooski My Town music there. I agree. You know that song, right? Oh, I absolutely okay. do. I always wondered if um, what came first. Yeah, we should do spinoff A2VT tribute podcast. Okay. Where we review all the different A2VT yeah. <laughs> albums. Fuck yeah. Um, so, yeah, we did... Um, I kind of... You know, I was doing nonprofit stuff and I was doing video production. Um, my friend Julian kind of plugged me in and gave me a shot doing some work with that and taught me how to shoot, you know, and sort of edit again. And, um, you know, I had a journalism degree and an international communications degree, and I was interested in what was going on with cannabis legalization in Vermont. I read an article in seven days, and it was like this group was forming up the Vermont Cannabis Collaborative, and it was like kind of all these sort of well-known businesses in Burlington and like all oh, the the Magic Hat people and the Jog Bra people and the seventh generation people are like putting this group together and they're going to try to like legalize weed this year, you know? And uh, I was like, wow, that seems really cool. And I knew this professor from Champlain, Dr. Rob Williams. Shout out Dr. Rob. Yak Farmer. Yeah. <laughs> and um, oh shit, Phineas Gage, he, uh, he plays with them too. Really, really cool guy. Cool. Um, so he was part of this group, and I tried to get a video gig with them. Okay. And ended up volunteering with them as their note taker. Yeah. Just had like a friend was working with them, and uh, and she sort of hooked me up. So I was like, wow, this is really interesting. These people are talking about weed policy and what's going on in other states. And like, I, I liked weed, you know, um, but I wasn't like somebody who grew it, you know. I didn't sell it. Just appreciated. You know. Yeah, for sure. And it was just kind of around. Like, you know, friends and I would, like, smoke weed when we snowboard or, like, play golf or whatever. Right. And uh, just kind of normal, normal thing. Yeah. Um, you know, but for me, it kind of started back... I did have a... He was kind of like an uncle figure. Uh, Mark Tucci was one of the original medical marijuana patients in Vermont. Okay. And so, like, that's how weed first entered my life when I was, like, 12 years old friend of the okay. family he got ms he's a medical patient yes and so you know that was sort of he was instrumental in helping those first original medical laws get passed cool. in like 2004 okay right so way way back then yeah and um the medical program you know was set up in a certain way because it was a very different time but that was kind of part of my life early on was politics All right. and like my mom helping him get plugged into lieutenant governor zuckerman gotcha. back when he was a rep and um, it was just kind of cool seeing that political change happen and also being like, what the fuck is going on? Like, weed helps really sick people yeah. feel less bad, and it's super illegal. Yeah. So when this whole thing came back around in 2015, I was like, other people want to know what's going on. Like, how do all these sick people, like, how do all these weed people, like, the people I buy weed from, the people that grow weed, the people who, like, you know, are just regular-ass people in their mid-late 20s in Burlington, mm -hmm. you know, and in Vermont and who yeah. are like not stereotypical stoners like i don't read high times you know like i didn't really at the time um and i wasn't really kind of part of that stoner you know quote unquote stoner right. subculture right you know like i appreciated it you know and weed was like always part of my life but mm. it was kind of my own thing and um <clears throat> when i saw this happening i was like well nobody's out here representing like if it's just going to be like all these rich people who are already successful like it's just going to be the rich get richer yeah like fuck that like not with weed you know like everything else maybe but um i was kind of motivated from you know by that from the start 
and being like, there's so much injustice built into this yeah. thing that is so inherently good, and it's so crazy, and there are all these great people, you know, who are in the weed scene, and like they're not being represented, and nobody's telling them what's going on, you know, and if you talk to them, you know, you can also learn a lot. Right. And like, how can you have good weed laws if weed people aren't participating in the discussion? Yeah, true that. You know, so... Um, started this blog Vermont Awana. I had no idea what I was doing little video and podcasting stuff yeah and then uh, met a friend you know through some of these events you know and we started a company called Hetty Vermont together nice and um, the rest kind of was history for like three and a half years we did a bunch of different events you know the first Vermont hemp fest and nice. cannabis conventions and um, I spent a lot of time at the state house and uh, you know moved on in May and June and like trying to make it a sustainable thing um, where I can like blog and podcast and like yeah. do research and you know read and write and like Fuck lobby yeah. and politic full-time but um, yeah it is you know and like weed tourism and like that's kind of my dream longer term yeah and just having like a sick-ass bed and breakfast and oh. you know living that Vermont dream yeah so um, yeah I kind of got into that got into that scene and you know, it's been been full speed ahead ever since. So Fuck you know, yeah. now here we are. We're I'm doing this blog Vermontawana, getting all the media stuff back up with a podcast, which is super cool. Appreciate yeah. the chance to talk to you. And um, I appreciate the chance to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So yeah, I just think it's a really cool cool time to be alive and to see all this stuff happening in real time. And like you said, like these stereotypes that you know, bootleggers and scofflaws in the 19, like, 30s, and then yeah. people who grew up in the 1950s were, like, a generation removed and had no idea. Right. But you still had to document that. Yeah. You know, and so part of it, I think I'm, like, a, a big history, you know, fan of history, mm -hmm. and there's just a really cool folk history in, like, what everybody who's in this kind of community has, has been through and what they've learned and, like, yeah. you know... And now we're going to see, like, the good and bad and horrible and awesome parts of, like, when it goes super mainstream. Yeah. And, like, you know, who wins and loses and, you know, the really cool stuff that happens. And, you know, in 20 years when it's, like you said, I think before we were talking about alcohol. And yeah. it's just, like, kind of a regular-ass thing mm -hmm. and totally normalized. Yeah. You know, we'll kind of look back and maybe have a little perspective. So right. I like the idea of documenting that, too. And like, so having podcasts totally. and blogs and it's a cool way to get to talk to people, Yeah, you know, and just like give them a platform. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm generally horrified of politics, but <clears throat> I do like listening to the stuff you had to say about just the journey. Like you were just talking about when I was catching up on your podcast, I was like, this is actually a politics I can deal with. I was joking with a, a guy at the, um, I work at a, I work actually in a cafeteria in a kitchen like part-time mm -hmm. at a ski area which is great i love it everybody's super professional get a snowboarding pass Sweet. and uh one of these guys definitely has different politics than me right. shall we say yeah and um but he's you know he's a smart guy and so we have like interesting conversations and like not too too many and ironically it's in, like a kitchen full of like j1 like 19 year old kids from like <laughs> Peru who are there on student visas doing like $10 an hour labor as part of a federally subsidized program. Anyways, so this guy and I talk about, uh, 
you know, talk about, like, weed and politics and stuff. And I'm like, I like to stick to the local politics. Right. Because with him, I don't want to start talking about, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's dangerous. And um, I'm like, you know, local politics is way cooler because you can tell people, like, fuck off or that they're idiots in person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and oh, exactly yeah. why. And, like, Vermont's a cool human-scale place where you can meet people and be, like, not that dramatically, but, like, hey, like, yeah. I think you're wrong. Yeah. Or, like, hey, you've never met somebody who's going to be impacted by what you're talking about right and like here's somebody who is you know so you know a little more swing i think local politics are the you know the ones worth investing the time and energy yeah it's like where your life is actually going to matter totally you know like is there a crossing guard there or not like your taxes going up or not yeah like it's really interesting yeah it's never my bag but i always thought like if i was less overwhelmed with like my normal life I would be more inclined to get into politics, but I just run high, like, anxiety and stuff, so I just, I gotta really kind of keep myself in check and make sure, like, I'm using all my energy just to, like, maintain and just kind of keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So, diving into politics sounds like a lot of stress, but I always thought, like, if I kind of had everything else in check, it's something that would interest me because it does impact you. I think people get into it, like, when they have kids, you Mm. know, and it starts, like, impacting them there, and they're like, oh, shit, like... Uh, now that I've got, like, you know, I want somebody, these people babysitting my kids all day at school to, like, do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm like, Fair enough. I am paying them with my property taxes, so, mm-hmm. you yeah, know. Yeah, I can see that. That's the, I think, I think that's a big change for a lot of people. You for know, sure. it's like, it doesn't matter till it affects you personally. Yeah. And, like, I think that's how people find their, find their issue. Right. You know? But a lot of it, I think there's a lot of people who get, you know, caught up and stuff that doesn't affect them and like get so overwhelmed and spend right. so much time like and social media can be so toxic totally. you know that's like the downside of the the digital media world yeah it's overwhelming you know it's like dude i've just i'm so far removed from like i'll read comments from certain people yeah you know that'll pop up because sure. i know they're you know like there's somebody who i want to listen to or right. like see yeah. or they'll just dm me and like reach out right. you know and i'll read that but like there's a lot of just you can you can waste so much time and energy you know getting caught up in that shit totally and a lot of it's just people misunderstanding something that <laughs> is a hypothetical right and then having false arguments with other people like yeah it's a lot i don't know yeah lame um so we got like 10 minutes i want to ask you like one thing and then we can bounce and sure. pick it up again yeah so i have a few a couple notes so this one note i'm just going to read it word for word how is Vermont both liberal and progressive while still being insanely conservative and whatever the hell the opposite of progressive is? Mm. Like, do you, do you feel like that? Because for me, it's like I, used to, I grew up feeling like this was such a liberal, progressive, amazing place. And in the last, like, time Trump's been in office, essentially, I've realized it's actually fucked. And it's kind of run by, like, Republicans who are just Democrats on paper, it feels like. And I was wondering if you felt that way being where you are in the politics of Vermont. That must come up. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, I I really think that's that's an interesting way to, to put it. And I think you're right that, like, Vermont is a super unique place politically. And um, I think that I see it more as an issue of, of almost, like, caste, you okay. know? And that I think I see things a lot more through 
the lens of like economics mm -hmm. and like what you have or don't have or like how you got it or didn't you know and okay. just that the <clears throat> the like the economics of Vermont are kind of are kind of crazy because of how few people we have you know and, like how things have right. to work together um, and like I've spent a lot of my time in like the tourism industry and the hospitality industry right and so it's like a lot of the Vermont economies like locals like waiting on bartending serving right. like whatever making food for uh -huh. you know wealthier people from out of state who True. come to this place and treat it like their playground yeah. and like you know um, a lot of Vermont is especially outside of Chittenden County you know they call it poverty with a view hmm. <laughs> you know so um, I think that you know there used to be a concept of a Vermont Republican you know and right. I think it used to be more that what I think Vermont is ultimately, you know, and politically and culturally, the dominant culture is like pragmatism. Okay. And I think that we're, we're sort of losing a lot of that in sort of a faux progressive, like, mindset, you know, where it's yeah. a race to, like, check boxes of, like, what's a liberal thing to do? Okay. Or, like, what's a capital P progressive thing to do instead of acknowledging like some realities of where we actually live right. and the community that we actually have now. Yeah. Not like the aspirational one that like we want to like, it'd be cool if Vermont could solve climate change, you know, but like there's not a single bus that runs, like I walked six miles to get from Moortown to Waitsfield <laughs> to go pick up my car. Yeah. Cause there's no Ubers there. There's no fucking taxis there. You know, there's definitely not a bus line or anything. Same with Burlington, man. Like, it, right? You know, like you better live downtown or you're fucked as far as transportation goes. You live in the south end. You live in the north end. So I think, like, I, I think, like in Vermont, like, you know, part of the reason the governor is popular is like, you know, part of the reason that it, it is like confronting practical realities yeah. of like that. Yeah, all these things would be great, but like we don't have the ability to do all of that necessarily right or like i would love vermont to solve climate change you know but like we like a gas tax you know like adding like 15 cents a gallon yeah. is like kind of a tough thing to swallow so i think like vermont is more uh you know it's sort of it's sort of split right and you know it is very diverse depending on where you live right and like the experience you have and the opportunities your town does or does not have yeah you know, so that's part of what where the weed thing is interesting because some of these towns are like, yes, like we need it, like we want it, like right. bring it to us. Or people are like, let's take advantage of this, mm -hmm. you know. And then there are other towns that are like, we would rather not have marijuana leaves in our historic downtown. That's only black shutters and yeah. you know white houses, you know. And it's like, all right, well, you know, I guess sucks for everybody else who lives in that, yeah. you know, in that mountain town. <laughs> you know, who's not going to have a weed store because you guys don't want it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Vermont is weird like that. And a lot of it is that, you know, the vision of Vermont that a lot of people have and that some people get to live, mm -hmm. you know, and live it in different ways. Like, I think living here takes a lot of intent. And when you started talking, we were talking initially about your podcast and how you want to kind of prove people wrong that you could, like, make it in Vermont. Yeah. You know, um, I say sometimes like Vermont by choice. Yeah. You know, like I moved back here from Boston because nice. I wanted to go snowboarding and I wanted to be in Burlington in the summertime. Right. You know, and like, because awesome. I thought that I would have more opportunity to have a cooler, well rounded life here. Yeah. And that like knowing I would not make as much money, but could be way happier. 
and have a way better experience. Count my logic, yeah. Yeah, so I feel totally fulfilled in that, including that I get to participate in politics here on a human scale that I couldn't in another place like Boston. Yeah, yeah. You know, or like Seattle or like Denver or yeah. something like that. It's like why I do art here. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like smaller, you can like smaller pond. Yeah, you can well and you can like feel the community. Totally. You know, I mean like um Yeah, but you know, Vermont is a lot of like little different communities and like I've yeah. lived you know, I've spent a lot of time and lived up in the Northeast Kingdom, you know, a little bit. Um and hope to, you know, spend more time up there. And, like, my family's That's from southern Vermont, Vermont, you know. So, like, yep. yeah, all these places the are different, you know. Cool. You know, and uh, and I think people just keep that in mind. Like, same thing with the U.S. Like, it's a big fucking country. Yeah. And, like, Vermont is, like, you know, it's not that big of a place. But, you know, it's pretty it's pretty diverse. Yeah. And especially Chittenden County is a fucking weird bubble. And there's a lot of stuff I don't like about it politically. Yeah. And a lot of it's, like fake progressivism oh god you know like the illusion of progressivism yeah and i like, could go all day about that shit yes that's why i asked this question essentially yeah it's, it's like everyone's faking it and they just want to be like super shitty and racist but they can't get away with that as much here and so they just do it in different ways so you don't notice but it's also everyone's really super shitty and racist around burlington <laughs> <laughs> like this looks like this class that you hit where you kind of have to be a piece of shit to like it's kind of like how I don't think anyone can be, like, a billionaire without that being, like, unethical. Like, mm. I think, like, when you have a certain amount of money, you need to just, like, spread the wealth. It's kind of like here where it's, like, you want to live happily in Burlington. You have to, like, run over a lot of people to do it mm. in a way. I don't know. It depends. Not happy in Burlington, but if you want to be, like, the elite in Burlington, you kind of have to yeah. fuck over everyone. But if you want to be elite in anywhere, you kind of have to be shitty. I think, you know, it's just like, I, to me, I think I just see it through, like, the the politics that I see. It's like cronyism, okay. and it's not even necessarily malicious, a lot of it. Yeah, It's like, it's especially like, in Vermont, it's like, yeah, I'm going to hook up my friends because they're my friends, and, sure. like, I made it, so now we're all going to, like, yeah. you know, so, like, yeah, who else would I hire to do that work? Right. Or, right. like, hey, if I get to appoint somebody that bored, obviously I'm going to appoint fucking Mike. That's my boy. Yeah. You know? That's what, it, yeah. And I'm, I think that's, I think that's a lot of where Vermont, you know, kind of stinks. Right. Yeah. Is that you get a lot more of that just kind of direct human cronyism. Yeah. And yeah, like the illusion of let's help out yeah. the have nots. But not too much. But not too much. I don't want to look at them. <laughs> hey, everybody. Jesse from the future here. At this point, Eli and I moved from the basement of an undisclosed location to my studio, a disclosed location, uh, on Pine Street in the soda plant within the space gallery. Come on down! Uh, also, big ol' shout out to Burn Gallery, one of Vermont's finest smoke shops. Uh, check them out on Instagram. Head out, head on to burngallery.com. Give them your support. Buy local. No farms, no food. All right. Back to past Jesse. He's killing it, isn't he? I think you gotta have an extra amount of like blasting loud music to assert your dominance over any space. Absolutely. Oh, you do. That was like the first thing I did here. The second I was alone here, I was mm -hmm. like, all right, how's this system work? There's like a Bluetooth system you can hook up to. It's fun. I mean, I have my own speakers, but it's pretty ballin'. Anyway, uh, you want to get anything else out of here? 
else you got to do before we do this? <clears throat> no, man. Hey. Actually, let me just make sure. <clears throat> send this text message. Um, if there is anything else you want to do for your side of things, I'm down. Otherwise, we can just do some Jesse Mouse podcast bullshit. No, dude. I'd say let's do some Jesse. Let's do yours. Hell yeah. <coughs> say bullshit. JMP. I'm on my bullshit, you know. I'm just going to do another intro as if it's a whole other episode, just for fun. Just because it'd be funny. I'm going to call it 17.5. Yeah, dude. I mean, you got the, uh, the mic is yours no matter what. So either way, yeah, this is turned. Nice, nice. All right. Yeah, I'm curious about the acoustics up in this piece. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, dude, you're good. All right, we are back again with episode 17 and a half of Jesse Miles Podcast with your host Jesse Miles Snyder, aka back in the studio, aka I didn't think of any names, aka I secretly have to look them up on Wikipedia beforehand, and I'm sorry. We're still here with Eli. We left our one basement. We're back in... Uh, it's not a basement, but it might as well be. It feels like a basement. There's cement floors. It's it's my studio. Welcome to my studio. You've probably never been here because you don't really support my art career, but that's okay. <laughs> it's no big deal. I don't support yours either. So it's really not a problem. Uh, we're, we're back. Uh, there's still more to do, but, um, you know, people got lives and we had to clear out. I also had to pee so much. I just want to say, I know you don't care, but like, like it felt like my insides, something bad, like I was doing lasting damage <laughs> to my insides and I'm just really, that was like one of the best pees I ever had in my entire life. So shout out, shout out to taking a good pee. Um, all right. Uh, <clears throat> I last asked you about, um. You know how Vermont can both be liberal and conservative at the same time. Dude, we're getting deep into sociology of we Vermont got, culture. Yeah. Got, Very into that, and I loved it. Um, it's something that's always bugged the shit out of me about here. Not always. That's not true. I actually, for a long time, didn't see the the worst side of it until I was like an adult trying to live here, and I was like, oh yeah, they all hate poor people, and if they could get rid of all the brown people, they probably would. It feels like the people in charge. We're talking <laughs> about like the Burlington elite, the people in government in Burlington specifically is what I'm talking well, about right hold, now. Well, let me say this. It feels very. Uh, yes. I think a lot of this is just. I will defend a lot of this as, as kind of demographics okay, and say that, which is wild to think back on like 10 plus, like 10 plus years ago, my first job out of college back in Vermont was working at the Lake Champlain Regional Chamber of Commerce Interesting. for a spinoff nonprofit called the Vermont Council on World Affairs. Ah. And uh, it was super cool. We mostly did like international visitor programs. Get that if you want. No. Mm. Um... International visitor programs and like ran exchanges through the State Department And it was really cool that the chamber supported this business and we were like independent in our own basement <laughs> appropriately um, And we were <coughs> Excuse me Like we were in these programs that made the chamber no money, you know, but we were kind of de facto employees and so we go to staff meetings, you know, and like participate in all their strategic you know, stuff, and in the meantime, just, like, kind of do, like, our hippie international 
peacebuilding ship, um, which was also very important and effective diplomatic work and like professional exchanges. Yeah. Super cool. I really enjoyed that work. Nice. Um, that was like the first eight years of my career out of college. Hmm. But, uh, you know, one of the things we did there was start the Burlington Young Professionals Group, BTV YPG. I was there at the beginning. And, you know, I mean, like, it, the, intention was, the intention was positive, but it just kind of morphed into, like, de facto, like, kind of like a, a yuppified, you know, sort of thing where it was like the young professionals I knew at that point in my life, like around 25 or under, okay. all, like, worked in hospitality. And it was like, what are we going to do to help these people who are, like, here, like, level up in whatever they're doing? Right. You know, like, they're, like, the retail cashier, you know, or they're, like, the hospitality, like, worker, but, like, maybe they want to be a manager or, like, do something better or, like, you know, and we were kind of focused on, like, how to finance your first home because it was being put on by, you know, it would be a workshop that was going to be put on by somebody who <clears throat> was, like, a member or supporter or, like, part of that ecosystem. Gotcha. You know, so I felt like the intent is there with those kinds of things. Yeah. And that one was cool because, you know, they walk the walk and, like, put some money down and, like, empowered young people to, like, put together a group. And we had some cool events that weren't totally lame. And, like, my thing with, like, I'm an event planner now. Right. And, like, event planning is pretty fucking simple. Like, give people, like, alcohol and food, put on some music, maybe even have somebody play some music, mm, you know. And yeah. Pretty much it. Like it's it's really just like you ever plan a party in college, like yeah. you can plan an event. But the party but then you have to do stuff. <clears throat> yeah, you know, so um it's hard because like the demographics are like those are the young people who are here. And like how do you, you know, keep those young people here or like give people a chance to level up. Right. Or like what's you know, what's something that they can get into that's always gonna gonna be there or like What's cool about Vermont, I think, is that there's always a place with cheaper land still available. Interesting. I never, <clears throat> I was always unsure about like what land, what land's been claimed here. I mean, you know, the the, up in the like the Northeast Kingdom, man, it's it's a pretty fucking cool place. Still kind Southern of Vermont's got different vibes, and then you know when you get into like these little around these ski areas, they're their own like little ecosystem. Right. And then it's like really kind of wild. You know, and they're their own, like, you've got foreign workers and everybody's a second homeowner from Massachusetts, mm -hmm. you know, and then all the locals have, like, three different jobs and blah, blah, blah. And, like, it's just an interesting little, I think Vermont's, <clears throat> like, a lot of little micro communities I totally and have, scenes. like, micro economy in my yeah. when you're saying that. Yeah. That's really interesting. <clears throat> I think I'm pretty, like closed in here i don't make a lot of effort to get out of chittenden county mainly because like i don't like driving and i don't like doing stuff that isn't like what i already do so it's like none of that involves leaving town and so i don't but uh i always thought if i had the means i would love to live anywhere out just in the woods but it's just something i can't really pull off yeah for real i know no germs yeah. no, no germs no. no internet you gotta be able to yeah. it sucks dude yeah, it's such a because like yeah, that's money reality. Home, though, but you know? try doing it without the internet. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe you could. I mean, I could paint. I always. What want... am I gonna mail these webcam videos? Right. You know, like come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
my dream was always like be some obscure artist in the woods where it's like a huge pain in the ass to come to my house and the only way to purchase my work is to come to my house <laughs> and like people just make the journey because it's like a coveted because it's so thing. sick yeah and i'm just it's like 30 grand and you got to get your ass out i don't deliver it for you that's ridiculous and you're telling me people can just come here to flint ave and buy this art right now they can they come here to it's more like american dollars right now in burlington vermont absolutely it's it's pine street if we're getting specific okay but, sorry but I, I said flint ave dude i had that in the brain i know i know i figured but yeah uh you can you can come on down you don't have to come out to my cabin in the woods and pay tens of thousands of dollars not yet bring a couple hundred you can probably come home with a couple <laughs> I yeah try for to, real I try to keep my value up you know but I'm affordable still and desperate, so I would agree. That, I would agree that it is very affordable for the quality. I, I really need to get that whale. That whale one is one of my favorites. Hey, I'll hold it for you. That one's been kicking around a while. That was one I painted. I'm like, this one. This one's a great one. I'm gonna sell this one, and no one's bought it. And then I painted so many where I was like, this sucks, and then I sell them immediately. Yeah, it's one of those ones that just reminds me I don't know anything. <laughs> I keep a painting of a sheep that I wanted to like set on fire that my girlfriend liked, and so we kept it in our bathroom. And now I love it because it reminds me of like I love it now, even like without forcing myself to. Now that I've like learned to appreciate it, even though it wasn't what I wanted it to be, and it's like the sheep that just reminds me to like chill the fuck out and just put the art out and mm. let like I don't get to decide if it's good. It's not my decision to make. I can do as best as I can to make the vision in my head that I think is going to be interesting, but. It could be garbage, and I have to be okay with that. Is that so? That's how you feel like, kind of, once you're done producing it, like you've had the baby, and now it, like, yeah, now it's not yours anymore. Yeah, like in college, we learned to get feedback and then revise and get feedback and revise, and you know, make mm -hmm. that cycle until it's perfect because you're making commercial art that kind of needed to be perfect. But now it's like, if I did that, I'd go crazy. So instead of getting into this crazy feedback loop, I just get into this crazy output loop where I'm just putting out work and whatever happens happens with it and then I learn from it still in the same way where but it's not like obsessing over one piece it's just obsessing over like my style or the theme or whatever I'm doing hmm. you know if that made any sense sometimes I start talking and I'm like I don't actually know if this no dude it totally does and that's what I that's what you know I gotta say like as somebody who like hardcore follows you on Instagram and like sees all your art I like it because you'll be like and even with your food stuff you'll be like all right making pasta yeah. Like here we go, bang. We're going deep. Like yeah, now it's the, and then I'm like, holy shit, dude! Like there's 30 ravioli that he just made by hand, like Hell yeah. casually. That's what I do. You know, saw all the stuff like step by step and documented it. And so I kind of like that, appreciate that about your art. Where it's like, nice. all right, we're doing bears, boom, Fuck like yeah. fat bear, you know, like yeah. bear with a fish, like. I like you know. to tackle one thing hard and like keep doing it until it's what I envision. Like every bear is an attempt to get like the original bear I imagined out and it just hasn't come yet. And I just like keep painting more bears because I'm like maybe I'll get that one that was, mm. I was imagining. But then I just keep coming up with new ones and people like them and then whatever. It's kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. Art's fucking weird as shit to try to like understand and sell. Not understand as a viewer but understand like the process of creating it for people to buy. I think there's something that um, makes it really accessible with having kind of a themed series, you know? That's been my bread it's and like, butter, absolutely. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a really cool thing for a way to, like, get people into art who don't, like, know or see art. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Don't smoke it. Want some zines? No, it's cool. I get the weed eyes. Nah. 
Well, I got hella zines if I, I too get the weed eyes. No, it's and cool. as you know, I don't like people knowing I smoke weed. So <laughs> no, it's all good. <clears throat> um, that's what I'm going to title my podcast episode. Jesse Miles does definitely not definitely does not smoke weed. <laughs> Vermont artist Jesse Miles definitely doesn't smoke oh, weed. Oh man, I actually 100 percent approve <laughs> of that. <laughs> you should talk that really. Yeah. All right, that I'll would call be mine cool. something like that. Yeah, too. Vermont Vermont artist Jesse Miles definitely does not smoke weed. Yeah, go for it. Like <laughs> um. Ugh, man. So, anyway, that's your take on Vermont's uh, progressive and conservative uh, outlooks. Yes. <laughs> don't be, don't be, con- don't be constrained by labels. No, that's legit. Yeah, it's just something that kind of you know? gets me down, and so I wanted to like talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I think too, it's like you can't let a, like most people who are in the Vermont legislature, like don't fucking have an Instagram account. Mm. Yeah. That's what don't have a Twitter account. No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. their reality is so different. Yeah. And I think that's a generational thing. Like, I'm a big, like, technology is definitely impacting our, like, the way we as humans behave. Absolutely. <clears throat> like, obviously. Yeah. How many times a day I touch my cell phone? Yeah. Outrageous. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think that, you know, that's a thing of, like, perception is reality, too. Okay. And that's where I tell people, like... Don't get constrained, you know, like everybody, the thing is everybody in Vermont's really fucking nice and generally like pretty chill. Yeah. Generally. And like, I think most of the racism is like, and I'm not excusing it, is like more ignorant than malicious, than malicious. Yeah. It's still Some bad. of it is like, you can't really, it's very, very much still bad. Yeah. It like, still counts. I don't give people discounts. Sure. Like I always say there's like assholes who don't realize they're assholes. Yeah. But I no think still just as much of an asshole. I almost approve of someone who's an asshole and admits they're an asshole more than I approve of someone who doesn't realize they're an asshole. Yeah, That's I mean, my hot take on that, I, guess. I do I strong agree. And again, like, I'll say it. It's a bold take, but I think I'm gonna say it on the Jesse Miles podcast. Fuck yeah. Racism, in fact, bad. Indeed. <laughs> not, hot take. I'll not, get a not, not, for not here for it. Mm-mm. You know, Close disprove. I would like to be come out as the first Vermont cannabis podcast to take such a strong anti-racism Absolutely. stance. Absolutely. I think you technically are, possibly. Awesome. Yeah. You know, so that's... But uh, If anyone can claim otherwise, <coughs> write me at jessemilespodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> but I do think, in all, in all seriousness, like, Vermont is such an isolated place. Yeah. And that's the worst part about this place, is that it is yeah. so homogenous. Oh, that's and that's where it's like... It. Well, I mean, I like getting, you know... I like getting time out in like nature and like that to me is diversity of experience because right. it's like interacting with an environment that's not people. Uh-huh. But I like being in like fucking like New York or something and being like, oh shit, like there are different kinds of people in the world and like different languages and like I'm an yeah. international studies major, you know, it's oh, like I fucking okay. lived in China. And, you like, got that in your blood. You got that wanderlust a little. Well, and I think it's, I grew up in Winooski, dude. You know, I mean, so it's, it's like the, the most eclectic fucking place in Burlington. Yeah, yeah, yeah at or least it's not Burlington. At least in Chittenden County, the area. And that's not saying a lot in Vermont, you know. So, but uh, yeah, that's the worst part about Vermont is the lack of fucking spice, you know, and that it is so not diverse. Yeah. And I think that you see it manifested in a lot of the, again, objectively bad racism. Yeah. You know, and ignorant mindsets. Yeah. Because people have never like left. Or never, like, there's only ever been one black person in their grade. Or, yeah. like, you know, they're just fucking dumb because, like, Facebook memes are the only way they interact with Hispanic yeah. people. 
Can I just out. say for listeners not in Vermont, I know I have some. When you said one black kid in your grade, that's fucking real. I can name the one black kid in my grade. We had the same birthday. We were best friends because of that. But, like, it was legit. I also can name the first black kid I ever saw because he was also the only black kid in my elementary school. So, just so you know, that was not an exaggeration. That's how fucking white it is. Just FYI. For sure, man. I mean, and, like, you know, that's my, my best friend Josh was... You know, at least the the tallest non-African <laughs> black dude, you know, who, you know, we all grew up together in Winooski. And, uh, you know, he would, like, have to deal with bullshit in Vermont, like, all the time. Yeah. You know, like, through high school. Yeah. Whether it was, like, being parked in a parking lot and having somebody knock on his window. Naturally. You know, he's in there with, like, his girlfriend, you know, or, like, us walking around. Yeah. Like, somebody would be like, what are you guys doing? You know, like, so just, I think that, uh... That's why Vermont's really fucked, and that's why... Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about, you know, radical solutions to... Vermont has a demographic crisis, right? Our governor just said that, has been saying that yeah. recently. Yeah. And, you know, Vermont's population is rapidly declining, mm-hmm. right? And, like, we need people to move here and, like, start businesses and create gerbs. Yes. And, uh, and we need diversity, yeah. right? And so, Vermont... I mean, there's some interesting scenarios, right? And this is where we get into, like, ideas. Okay. Um, I mean, but, you know talking about when climate refugees are a real thing. Okay. And it's like, what happens with all these flooded cities in like, you know, Central and South America and islands and shit like that? Like, right. bring them all up to Vermont, baby. Like, yeah, open some restaurants, let's go. some food. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, yeah. I mean, we would joke about it. My mom would joke about it. Like, not really even joking, but talking about, you know, you have so many refugees who come here from Africa who have like cultural, like, farming skills that are similar to small-scale farming in Vermont in general. And it's like, here's all this, like, cheap land waiting to be farmed. People who know how to farm. Yeah, get on. And, like, you know. Make it interesting. So I think, like, uh, you know, Vermont needs to rapidly import mass amounts of different kinds of populations in a way that doesn't just create total, like, ghettos yeah i was gonna say not like send them all into the same neighborhood yeah i feel like that would be bad that's what we already did you know lost boys and yeah but you know i mean that that's one thing that super sucks about this federal you know this president slowing down the refugees and immigration because like we like refugee resettlement programs like that's cool like that's like people do those jobs and like those are people who like have kids that are in our schools yeah and like pay taxes and contribute and like more bodies in our communities who are yeah. <coughs> positive contributors. So like we just need more more immigrants in Vermont. I could get down with all that. of the immigrants. I'm on the all the immigrants party. If you can deal with Vermont, like and again, like you're gonna have to put up with some stupid racism. Oh, someone's like, yelling something from a pickup truck at you at some point. You know, I think and it's even just more like dumb, you know, people saying dumb things or asking dumb questions or like that awkward shit that happens at like high school parties, you know, the uh, like just those stupid interactions You're like, ah, oh, dude, like, did you really just like say that? Oh, or, yeah, like, I, yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from there. Yeah. So, yeah, you know shitty and racist for 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 certain ways for sure yeah for certain reasons i'm glad you know i'm glad like i know i'm not alone in that thought but i don't bring it up a lot 
and I don't, I've never really talked to anyone besides my girlfriend about how shitty it can be. And it's something I think people kind of like glaze over. It's like, yeah, we're very white. Haha, <laughs> Vermont. Am I right? I manage it, you know, I think about like with all these super scary things like the why. It's like, dude, why, why is it like this? Okay. And trying to think about it as like a systemic problem instead of like a human problem. Yeah. Makes it a lot more, I think, tolerable. Uh-huh. And just in general, like, it makes it easier to not get like drowning in that anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we were talking about politics earlier. Yeah. Like people get caught up in that. And they're like, I can't yeah. let it affect me. It's like, well, here's why it is how it is. Mm-hmm. And like, if enough people vote for Andrew Yang, we will all have a thousand dollars a month. You know? Yeah. Like, that would solve a lot of things. Like, you know, I bring that up. I know it's like random out of the blue, but nothing's random. You know, just that's a real podcast. that's a real thing. Yeah. You know, so um, there are real solutions to all these problems. Just a lot of them are politically feasible. It's really. I think at some people, people are just like at some point, a lot of people are just like, all right, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. Like I don't care. Just give me the funny memes. Right. And that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I've always. I think I definitely like grew up with the news being on too much, and I got like weird about the news. Mm. Like I didn't want to see it even before shit was real fucked up. And now that it's like really fucked up, like I can't. I used to only I would like okay I'll read the headlines just to kind of keep tabs on things. But then the headlines got to be too much, and now I just don't. I just don't do the news. I hear about it reluctantly here and there, but I just can't. I can't do anything. Dude, it was so sad being in like college. I did. You know, I graduated in 2009 mm-hmm. from my undergrad. And uh, see, I say that like there was more, but it was only, that's the only college I went to, right? <laughs> but that's when you say, you say, when I did, when I finished my undergrad. Yeah. Like, that was the only one, but, you know. You still did it. The, still uh, accurate. Yes, but it was like, you know, I had all these journalism classes and politics classes. Yeah. And it, the whole theme was about, like, this is how technology is killing journalism is somebody going to save it? Is somebody going to save it? Is somebody going to save it? Yeah. You know, and now it's like, whatever, 12 years later, like, nope. <laughs> nope, they have not. <laughs> like, all that bad shit, won't. all that bad shit happened. Yeah. You know, 9-11 happened. All the 9-11 reporting happened. And then we were doing, like, I remember 2008 election, you know, kind of stuff. And that being, like, a big one that was impacted by the internet. Mm-hmm. In, like, different ways with social media being a real thing. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. <sighs> Dude, the media. Like, I don't know. As God. a journal, as, like, somebody who, like, studied, like, the journalismist journalism, yeah. you know, things. Like, it got intense. <clears throat> yeah, well, and now it's just, like, we've been conditioned to only have such short attention spans. Yeah. That... Like, I've, you know, I've been a publisher of an online thing. It's like, all right, like, here's how you make a headline that people will click on. Mm-hmm. And then you got whatever, like, one scroll to get their attention and maybe, like, show them a picture. Yeah. That will get them to keep going to the next one. Yeah. That's rough. That's you know? so wicked crazy. Yeah. How do you keep up with that? I think, uh, <clears throat> like I think we're going to, I think we're going to have some, well, Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get into print at some point. That's the goal for me. Slow it down a little bit. Yes. I like it. Have a, you know, I want both fireproof media and electricity proof media. That's legit. 
honestly. I always <laughs> you know? think about how, like, if we didn't have electricity, I just don't have any music or movies or anything to do. And I'm like, hope I got paint left, because there's nothing else to do. Exactly. Dude, I mean, uh, back in international, you know, whatever nonprofit days, there was a speaker up here from Norwich who spoke at Champlain, this guy, Scott Bork. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about, like, the Stuxnet virus. And we fucked up Iran's nuclear program by basically wirelessly changing the mechanical operation of their centrifuge and making it spin off axis and like fucking up their whole reactor. Okay. Fine. And how like you could use wireless using Wi-Fi, you know, you can change mechanical functions on industrial things like power plants. That's horrifying. Or nuclear centrifuges. Love it. Yeah, dude, this is like 15 years ago now, you know, so like... Obviously, so they've already the fucking, done that by now. Oh, wow. for sure, dude. There's Sand Hill in Idaho is like the first place they carried out this experiment, like we did, to kind of confirm that we were going to be vulnerable to this shit. And um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't think it's a question of if. I think it's when. I can't wait like, to never look up this shit ever. Dude, the Russians, the Chinese, horrible. the the whoever, like um, whoever no, wants it the most. Dude, no electricity for a week. No Wi-Fi for a week? What the fuck would happen in society right now? I don't know. Everyone would get weirdly bored and just start killing or something. I don't know. It would get bad quick, I think. I mean, newspapers I would get expensive subdued. again real fast. That's true. Be legit. I think media keeps people, like, subdued, which is, like, the point. And I always worried, like, if people didn't have access to insane amounts of media, like, you know, like they do now, it might just cause people to just legitimately go insane. I think so. If you mean media, like, like stimulation. Like, you remember that mm -hmm. Simpsons where Homer's TV breaks and he makes a TV and straps it to himself and then life is a TV? Mm-hmm. That. That will happen. Hey, everybody. Jesse from the future here. Just want to say that we were both remembering an episode of Family Guy, not The Simpsons. Honestly, it could have been a Simpsons episode. The stories are basically interchangeable. But uh, I just had to correct myself there. Uh, definitely Family Guy, not The Simpsons. Same sentiment, though. All right, back to past Jesse. <laughs> yeah, I, think that is, I think that's exactly what... That would be like real-life TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it would, be such, it would get so fucking weird. And I don't know, it might be great, but it also would be kind of horrible for a guy like me who just needs that. I don't know, I like to try to... I, I, Given, given, like, I try to take in not too much and put out a certain amount and, like, I like a balance, but also, like, I rely on it. Like, I was talking about the weedia. Mm -hmm. um, I think I talked about that on the show. That's, that's when I get sad and I mix weed and media and take in as much as I can of both. Um, yeah, like, sometimes I like, I like knowing that that's there, even mm -hmm. though I don't do that as much now. I still like to know that, like, that option's there. If I have a really bad day, I can play Skyrim and fucking right. listen to Wu-Tang all day and just fucking, <laughs> like, get lost and watch TV while I do that and really just take up any energy my brain could ever use to think up bad thoughts and just has to take in media. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, <clears throat> I don't know. Part of me knows that's a crutch and I should try to learn to live without that, but also it's 2020 and I don't... Dude, it's 2020. We call it self-care now. Is that what it is? Cool. Oh, I do so much self-care. Well, I mean, you know, there is, like, there is truth to that, and that, you know, you have to, uh, you have to be able to, like, relax. I've know? always said that. In college, everyone was so obsessed with just working constantly, and I was too, but I still took an hour every night to, like, just watch some shit and chill, and, like, 
I also slept. That was the thing I did that mm. didn't. Even if it was like four hours, it was still more than nothing. Yeah. And it reset you and you felt like a human later. But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just a, I don't know. It's a, it's a scary thought, but I also want to be at a point where like I'm not, I'm okay with like no media, but I'm not. Like I literally, I don't know. I don't know what you do. What do people do? You get a hoof and a stick and you kick it down the road. I don't know, man. Well, I don't know. I I hope that we don't find out in a tragic... I hope we don't find out in a tragic way, but... uh, Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean... Even just the fact of, like, anybody under the age of 25 has never had to use a phone book. Yeah, it's fucked. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, so how do they find out how to access goods and or services? Yeah. (laughs) And, like, most retailers don't exist anymore. That's wild. You know, so... It does seem like we're teetering on something like that, but I feel like it's always sort of felt like we're teetering on that. And, like, maybe it's just, like, a generational thing. Like, right now, our generation is freaking the fuck out, but, like, the generation before us already freaked the fuck out, so they're all chill, and, like, our kids will freak the fuck out in, like, 20 years. And, like, it's just... I'm hoping it's just, like, a constant cycle of just, like, horrible things almost causing the apocalypse, but then not. I don't think it's going to be apocalyptic. But I think that the paradigm has, I think we've tipped as far as the, uh, the sort of first world empire. Okay. And I think that like the, the idea of like a first world lifestyle mm-hmm. and like impact on the climate yeah. and like use of energy. Yeah, you can't keep up that. An expectation of technology. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, it can, but only for so many people in the world. Yeah. And like, not all those people are going to be in the US of A forever necessarily. True. You know, and like <coughs> there's only so many rare earth metals to make all these. Yeah. Different things. But then again, there's only so much, you know, that's why Vermont, we're you know, carbon farm baby. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm gonna live up in the Northeast Kingdom and uh just have a bunch of trees. Hell yeah. Be like I'm just oxygen farming. Yeah. You know the next big business. I mean it's it's terrifying and horrible to think about. Um like, you know, the environmental apocalypse and, like, dystopia scenarios where, like, Vermont doesn't get snow in the wintertime. Yeah. You know, but that's stuff that's on the, definitely in the mix. Yeah. You know, so, or at least things that we're aware of now. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think, like, regenerative organic farming is is something that could be, <laughs> is, is a worthwhile pursuit yeah, absolutely. And that's why, like, I, I kind of like this weed stuff because it's like I'm not an anti-technology person, clearly. No. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, crazy person. I'm like, but I do think all this stuff is is kind of coming our way. Yeah. Just the way sort of things are tipping. Damn. You know? Yeah. Dude, I, what was in that joint? I, what was in that joint? I, what was in that joint? Apocalypse weed. <laughs> Apocalypse weed. You know what I think it's time for? Probably more than a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got dark there, and I liked it. Dude, come on up to the come on up to the farm the farm slash compound up there in the. I'll come up to the compound. Yeah. yeah. Hemp robes for everybody. Hell yeah. Hemp robes for everybody. Consensual. Everything's consensual. Naturally. But uh, but we'll have a lot of hemp robes, I think. You know, no, I'm just not what I think they are. No, no, I'm saying like for the call. Oh, okay. The for... robes they'll be made out of. Oh, pink. okay, robes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm down to wear robes though. If you want to incorporate that, 
Um, yeah, no, I liked I liked where that went, but let's run away. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. This actually is an excellent segment. To the depths of Shaolin? Pretty much. Uh, it, it's actually... An, uh, I realized a lot of what I do when I obsess over Wu-Tang is me basically avoiding all that stuff we just talked about. <laughs> um, I do spend a lot of time trying to like flush things out of my head. And Wu-Tang is what does that for me, I think, mm. in one of the best ways. Hell yeah. I was trying to think about, like, if you were to ask me why I did the Wu-Tang stuff, what my answer would be. And I never really landed on one. But I realized that it is, it's basically my way of just sort of escaping, but in a way where it doesn't get too deep. All I'm doing is listening to music and reading the lyrics and then writing thoughts. Like, that's not too destructive. I'm not going to, like, get too sucked into that. But it's enough to, like, keep me occupied and stimulated without thinking about everything else. Even though the albums themselves get dark and there's, like, thoughts that come through and, like, they, they talk about their lives as kids and it's yeah. all horrible. But it's still, to me, it's almost like reading a series of, like, comic books and stuff. So, um, for me, it's, like, that's how I get out of it and so what I wanted to ask you is like mm. what's your Wu-Tang hmm what snowboarding you, snowboarding yeah man I need that shit like like three to four days a week damn yeah I've had a <clears throat> I mean that's part of why I moved back but I just need to like get that time outside hell yeah and have the uh, the physical activity it's just like a release yeah and it's like a creative enough kind of movement totally so yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally a uh, like a surfing hippie nice. about about snowboarding. I totally feel it's that. The source man. I <laughs> I felt that when I used to snowboard. Uh, I grew up snowboarding. Fun fact: my mom was Jake Carpenter's uh, personal assistant for like a decade. Really? Yeah, I just like to throw that out there sometimes because it makes me cooler. It it's does. Actually my yeah, mom it does. Was cool. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, that makes yeah. you cool too. Hey, everybody. Jesse from the future here just wanted to clear up one thing. My mom was Jake Carpenter's executive assistant, not just his personal assistant. Big difference. Just wanted to clear that up so as not to piss off all the other executive assistants. They are a tight-knit bunch, and you don't want to fuck with them. All right, uh, back to past Jesse. Um, really tragic story. It's not tragic, but it is for me. One time, Wu-Tang was at some event that Burton was doing, and my mom rode up uh, some mountain on a snowmobile with some member from Wu-Tang, but she can't fucking remember which one, and it bothers me every day oh, I think about man. it. I just want to know what one it was. And it really deeply, deeply bothers that someday me. someday you're going to get an email from Jizzin, and he's going to be I like, is that? I don't think it was. I want to imagine, like... Yeah, I let's wanna... start with that. Who, which Wu Tang member is most likely to have spent time in Vermont, or which Wu Tang member has spent the most time in Vermont? That's a good question that I <clears throat> truly don't know. But personally, I don't. Know, it's because I like Capadonna a weird amount, but I feel like he might. He like was it up here. He was up here. I think I know he has a connection through the guy in Montpelier, Joseph Smith. But, <laughs> He's um, played here, right? Hasn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Okay. Because that was my guess. Because it was whoever's come here for shows, I assume. Yeah, true. I think Method Man's been up here maybe once, too. I think I saw him up here, but... Oh, yeah, he came up Method Man and Red Man. I remember because my uh, friend in high school at the time got in a knife fight in the parking lot <laughs> over a jacket. So 
that he didn't steal, but someone accused him of stealing, and he's like, box cutter, and it was a real whole thing. Damn. Anyway, that's my fun fact about the Method Man and Red Man show. Commitment to the Wu-Tang, commitment to the Wu-Tang vibe, though. Absolutely, huh? really. Uh, trying to bring some Staten Island to... Just trying uh, to set some Shaolin yeah, vibes in the parking lot of higher ground. Yeah, like, absolutely. Shaolin South Burlington. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Shaolin Suburbs. Anyway, back to, you know, the Wu-Tang stuff. Uh... I could definitely see snowboarding being a thing. Oh, yeah, because I was bragging about my mom for a second. I was saying, like, I did grow up snowboarding, and I only stopped because I just... It started getting too expensive for me because she stopped working at Burton, and I couldn't get free lift tickets anymore. Mm -hmm. And free... Like, I have all my gear from, like, the last time I was able to get gear, and it still fits and stuff, but I just don't get up there. But I totally could see that because it it was one of... I used to say it was, like, one of my favorite things to do because I would go alone. I hated going with a crew. Mm. I wanted to just go by myself. Yeah, it was such a nice like just thing to do, and I'd stick to trails where I wouldn't like die if I fell and yeah. was alone. But it was just nice to just cruise and not worry about what anyone else is doing and have music going and just. Well, and like the thing is, like to get that access in Vermont, like you have to work for somebody who has that hookup, like yeah, exactly, including the mountain. Yeah, and like that was like me growing up. My mom was always a ski instructor, Perfect. so I always had a free pass to wherever she worked. Yeah. Which was awesome, you know, and then it's like kind of, then you get to have local privilege. Yep. But you still have to work for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that's kind of the weird thing about Vermont. Like, even if you get to live the same lifestyle. Yeah. You know, like, you're probably working to, like, be part of that. Oh, yeah. One <laughs> you know, thing. Another. Like, that's, that's like me. Like I mentioned, like, I work at a ski resort. Right. You know, like, part-time, like, three days a week. Mm-hmm. Love the job. It's like a steady, like, you know, my new bottom bitch, like, yeah. steady, predictable income. <laughs> you know, work three days, make X dollars, like, um, but, like, I do it because I get a lift pass. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I'll go three or four days a week, if nothing else, just to make sure I get my money's worth. Yeah. But, you know, like, I'm working, serving other people who are, like, they got to buy these $20 hamburgers <laughs> in order for me to be able to, yeah. like have this job yeah. and we need a lot wow. of them to come do it what a weird economy. you know yeah dude what a weird economy is right like yeah. it's total service economy yeah you know in the service of wealthier people wild so i think like that's a weird you know i think like coming up like in if you grew up in vermont like you naturally have like unless you were i think we do a pretty good job of having communities that are pretty diverse yeah as far as like rich and poor people right. together at the public school right uh, but you know, like you're still kind of locals are, are still kind of in the service a lot of time, the service of the tourism economy, Yeah, which works, you know, which works for us. So we can have, I think most people in Vermont would rather be independent and be like, yeah, dude, I'm going to be a fucking lifty three days a week so I can do whatever I want and go skiing the other four. Oh yeah. There's a lot of things <coughs> totally or whatever else. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, the snowboarding. That's what does it for me, just being able to get outside and, like, just go, like, semi-dangerously fast. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm definitely, like, a need, a, need, need adrenaline. Yeah. Need an adrenaline release person, like. I was never in it for the know. adrenaline. I was in it for those slow, powdery cars, just down. Yeah. I don't know, that was about it, but I stuck to, like, those blue squares. And I just didn't want any, I didn't want to work for it. I think this is where you got to, like, drop in a clip from uh, Point Break. Nice. We're like, <laughs> we're like Patrick Swayze's talking about like surfing, like being like the source. Surfing's the source. Change your life. Swear to God. You know? Hell yeah. 
But uh, yeah, that's how I gotta go. I call it going to church. Nice. No. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and that's that's. That's my that's my Wu Tang. That's your Wu Tang. So, dude. Well, and I gotta say real quick. Yeah. Uh, I'll get into like song. You know, like you get songs stuck in your head. Okay. Sometimes, and the one I got the other day was, "We Built This City," and man, it's like if you get into a good vibe with like a song, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and and then you're like you're like snowboard or like along to that yes. song or like. You know, whatever you're doing, oh, yeah. like even if you're like walking and like listening to like music and like you know rapping along oh, yeah. it's with like it, your like, sound. Yeah, you like feel yourself like movie. walking differently. Yeah, yes. exactly. Oh, yeah, I walk but, different when I listen to Wu Tang. But I had like a heavy like we built this city loop going on, Fuck yeah. like back to back to back. So that was the other thing I've been calling it lately is building this city. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, the snowboarding subculture is fun too. You know, I always like that crowd. Yeah, smoking weed, you know, going for safety breaks, oh, having safety meetings. We have safety meetings here. Yeah, yeah. you gotta. It's not safety first; it's safety always. Always. Yeah. That's what my grandma used to say. Absolutely. Yeah, she blazing. <laughs> no, but she was, uh, you know, summer camp. She ran a summer camp council for kids. She's like oh, the sweetest woman. No one who works time. at a summer camp did it sober. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure none of the people, none of the teens who worked for her did. Oh, but no, she was oh, no. like the sweetest woman ever. So I'm sure she was super naive about it. Mm-hmm. Classic. You know. Yeah. It's great. Classic grandma shit, huh? Yeah. Love it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to stop this and start another one. Oh, yeah. It's only yours for We can do hour. the actual Wu Tang minute. Yeah. No, it's the actual Wu Tang minute. Oh, man. I'll make another. Uh, It'll one. probably take several minutes. Oh, this is a cow? Dude, I like yeah. the cow. Yeah? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I love those. Those are, those are all top three cows, but I'm a bear. Yeah, those ones, I don't know. I'm surprised no one bought those because they're very pandering. But, you know, so that's what I get for pandering. No, no, I think... Uh, I think that's just a matter of time. Yeah. No, I'm happy keeping those. I like having them around. And I love when people are like, oh, shit, there's a cow. <laughs> and, like, takes a minute. Yeah. Yeah. They're like weird cartoon cows. I'm into it, though. I've never been able to do those again because there's so much fucking paint on them that I just can't afford to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. You gotta I get a, you gotta, you gotta get a paint sponsor. Look at me, like you can see the, how thin all that is, and then how thick. <laughs> right. Like, this is when I was poor, and this <laughs> is from when I started and had more money. Yeah, I maintained, but I definitely blew through a lot of money when I was first starting on like supplies and just trying to figure out the fuck I was doing, and I didn't really need to worry about like profit too much, but. Mm-hmm. Um, this year I've definitely been watching. Like I haven't bought like a mass amount of paint at all yet this year. But yeah, I, dude, finding finding the balance. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. These are all definitely older and thicker with paint. These you can see are just, like this is like wick. I water it down and like make that part of the style. It's just a way to like save yeah. money. Oh <laughs> uh, man. All right. So yeah, we'll just do like I'll just babble about Wu Tang. Yeah, a dude. Bit. I'll stop. I'll stop uh, rambling in your. No, I like it. You're far more interesting than me. I, I people hear me talk all the time. It doesn't matter. I like it, and feel free to keep going. If you got stories, anything cool. pops into your brain, I don't care. Um, I'm just gonna do Wu Tang minute, and then yeah, just pretty much finish it up. Cool. Look at that. Yeah. Tight. All right. Uh, man, is do you want the heat? It's fucking cold. I, I mean, whatever. I'm 
cold at this point, but yeah, if you want to. Mm, I'll be right. I guess we're getting out soon enough. I'm also wearing sandals because I didn't bring my shoes because I was walking and I wore boots. And then I was like, oh yeah, I don't wear fucking boots all day. So I'm just sitting here in sandals like an asshole. Alright, uh, boom, 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 boom. Alright, so it's going, and we're just gonna pretend. Okay, so, I don't know where we left off in that last recording, but I will find a way to make it happen. Actually, I love this one. Wait, where are you at? Imported, give me that. What? I was looking for a, I have a, oh man, what did I, I must not have made it, oh, whatever. I'll put it in later. It's it's like lazy transition. I used it in the last one a bunch of times because I just got sick of editing. Yeah. So I just made it like I can just do whatever I want now because I have this horribly lazy uh, way of doing things now. I really want to. Oh, I dude, I love I, one of my oh, favorite yeah, parts of your podcast is the. Uh, hey, this is uh, this is future Jesse. Oh, future uh, past, Jesse. Past Jesse uh, didn't mean to say that or. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I really have to like edit my. Like myself. that date was actually. Uh... Oh yeah, it really takes the pressure off because anything I fuck up, future, future Jesse will pop in and they'll fix it. Yeah, for sure. The poor bastard. Yeah, but... I love that technique. But yeah, it's definitely time for a. Lazy transition back into the Wu Tang minute. Uh, we got a little off topic there, but that's what we're here for. Uh, so what were we doing? So anyway, as I was explaining earlier, uh, yeah, like I've done the Wu-Tang, I've done the Journey of the Wu 1 and 2, and then this is the third one, and the third one, the difference is I'm listening to them slower and basically keep playing them until I either am like, okay, this is the best album ever, or I can't physically listen to it anymore because it, like, I'm sick of it. And that's the criteria. Like if I don't want to listen to it anymore because I've heard it so many times, I'm like, okay, that's enough times. So, we got to start out with a real treat, which was Iron Man by Ghostface Killer, which, A, as much as I love Capadonna, I think deep down Ghostface is my favorite Wu-Tang member. Mm. And he was before the journey, and he still is, and I think that says something. Yeah. Um, Iron Man is a fucking classic. Uh, it has one of my best intros. A lot of a lot of these albums, especially in the beginning, start with like samurai movies, and that's great. That's a classic Wu Tang thing. But this, I forget what movie it is. If I was a better uh, podcast host, I'd have looked it up. Hey, everybody, Jesse from the future here. Past Jesse may not be a good podcast host, but future Jesse is. The movie they sample in the beginning of the Ghostface Killer classic album Iron Man is The Education of Sonny Carson from 1974. Was that so hard? All right, back to past Jesse. But I love the line where it's a kid, he's looking for Smokey, and they're like, Smokey's not here. And he's like, if you ain't Smokey, it ain't your motherfucking message. And I think, I don't know why that just happens, it goes over in my head all the time, but it basically starts with this kid, he's fresh out of jail, he's like 13 years old, and he's got a message from Smokey that Smokey's gonna be out of the clink soon, and he better they better just keep their shit together. And I don't really know where any of that goes, but for some reason it's so interesting to me. And then Iron Maiden comes in, which is like definitely one of the, just the best Wu-Tang songs of all time. And for me, that altogether makes it basically one of the best like intros slash first songs, best first five minutes of any like Wu-Tang album. Uh, especially so far, possibly of all of them. Um, 
I literally said it's one of the best first tracks on any album ever. I'll happily say that. And it really, the problem is it kind of sets the bar very high. And so you're like, oh shit, this could be bad. I always worry when a first, the first or second song is like a banger. And it's like, this could just be downhill. And there's like 14 yeah, songs. They put the garbage. one single up front and... The rest is just exactly, and that's how you have to do it for listeners now. But mm-hmm. it's always alarming to me because I'm like, okay, this is amazing, and but being the way I am, I'm like, don't enjoy it because it's gonna get worse from here. But aren't it doesn't? It fucking doesn't. Uh, one of my favorites is Wildflower. Uh, it's Ghostface really upset about being cheated on, and it's very vulgar. And it's like vulgar even for Ghostface. And I don't know how familiar you are, but he gets dirty and he has like real sexual songs and like it'll make you uncomfortable to a point and i kind of love it but uh he's like very mad at this woman and i don't know something about it (laughs) what what a screen what a filter to describe uh (laughs) what he's saying what he's saying in that song i'm sure he's uh he's quite upset he's very mad quite upset he calls her a lot of stuff and it's like oh shit like I'm like, first I'm like, dang, he might be abusive. But then I'm like, no, I think he's just heartbroken. And, you know, I don't know. It's just he's very angry. And it's like he was legitimately pissed off while he was recording it. And I like that. Uh, the Faster Blade is another early song, which is amazing. But the weird thing about it is Ghostface isn't in it. It's just one long Raekwon verse. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck yes. Because I love that they do that shit. They'll have whole songs that don't even have the featured artist in it. Because all these aren't solo albums these are wu-tang albums that just mm. were, they're like secret wu-tang albums i believe i have to listen to again what i was reading i wasn't reading it i was listening to the book on tape of you god's uh, autobiography read by you god which is the greatest thing in the world oh shit dude that's <laughs> outrageous it's amazing okay. and i really think i remember him saying that only built for cuban links raekwon's first album was supposed to be the next wu-tang album and when you hear that you're like oh yeah that makes sense because they're all fucking on there and it just sounds like a wu-tang album yeah, and it's like there's such weird shit happening production wise that I just don't understand. Mainly, I think because RZA is a little bit nuts. That we come up with such I don't know. There's such weird. There's so much stuff to think about in these, and so this is just one of like one of those albums that really shows me that yeah, they just secretly were putting out Wu Tang albums and calling them Ghostface or Rob, probably because of contractual stuff or something. I don't. Yeah, know. dude, I think that's I think that's right. I, also, I think that's gotta be it. I think I might be right. And also, I used when I first started this, I was looking at the covers, and I was like, that's really cool. They keep, like, hiding Wu-Tang symbols in there. Uh-huh. You know why? Because RZA wouldn't let them use the fucking Wu-Tang symbol. Hmm. So they had to make up their own, like, weird ones. Like, Method Man's upside down, and, like, everyone's yeah. got their own version of it. And it's because they literally aren't allowed to use the Wu-Tang symbol. Damn, I didn't realize that it was, like, locked up like that. Yeah, all oh, RZA's nuts. Well, I was going to say, yeah, because he's got, like, all the all the masters, right? Or, like, all the beats Probably, or yeah. something, like, you know, something outrageous like that. He's, like, really obsessive and, like, to the point where in the documentary they put out, there's a guy talking where he's only talking because RZA only recently let him talk about stuff. That's basically what he says. He's like, hey, I really wasn't allowed to talk about anything to like, now. Because he's a scary dude. And, like, I love his music and I'll respect him, but holy shit. And I, th- I think his obsessiveness kind of fucked up some things along the way. And I think the reason why Wu-Tang isn't, like... Like, they're huge, but mm. still culty, I think. Yeah. I think they would be ruling the world if RZA could have, like, just let up on the reins a little bit. They could have been fucking... Mainstream it's... Wu-Tang, though. Like, dude, I feel like they've achieved all the mainstream that they could have possibly done with, like... The respective careers that a lot of them have had. That's legit. And while remaining at least like authentic. Yeah, I mean like, you know, Method Man's probably the biggest like mainstream 
crossover person. Yeah. I could, yeah. Out of any of them, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Riz is, I'm sure, has been way more successful money wise. Yeah. Like, done a lot more crazy shit. And, yeah. Like, but like, he's in Hollywood and stuff. Yeah. You know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I always think about that with Tupac. Mm. Like, I love Tupac. Mm. You know, and I always wonder, like, what would have happened when, you know, would Tupac have survived, like, the fucking money rap era? Yeah. Without selling out and being lame? Yeah. And, like, you know, what would Tupac have thought about, like, Barack Obama running for president or, like, campaigning yeah. for, like, people or, like, what Tupac have, like, said some stupid shit on Twitter or gotten canceled? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy to transport those people into, like, different times. Yeah. You know, think about it. But, uh, yeah, one great thing about that time is that, you know, all those albums, they were all listened to completely. Right. And like you said, like, Wu-Tang had such a culty following that yeah. it was like, I'm all about you were going to watch, you were going to get, you were going to listen to the Raekwon album and the Ghostface yeah. and the Jizza and the fucking, all the individual albums, yes. you know. But, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, there, I'm sure there's, like, more to it, like... There's got to be some behind the music about like their contract situation and why they would have oh, done yeah. that. And everything I've heard is like vague and like they don't yeah. really talk about it much, probably because Rizzo will kill them all or have them <laughs> killed. He won't do it personally. I though. hear him on podcasts and he seems like an intense, super intense dude. Yeah. And he's got a lot of like good things to say, but also it's like I just hear stories about him. Like there's a verse on Only Built for Cuban Links where You God only had like one take because Rizzo was just being a dick. And he just like was giving him shit and wouldn't let him do like wouldn't let him do another take. So he had to do this like crazy verse. And you can hear him struggling through it, but it's like it's I think it's great. But in this book, he said like Rizzo was just being an asshole that day, and like he had it out for him. And you'll notice Rizzo comes after you got a lot in songs, hmm. just to like try to get over the top. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's so petty, and I almost love it. It's, I mean, they say, you, yeah, I was going to say, they say you got to have that kind of crazy, you know, drive to like lead, yeah, especially lead a group of people, a group of artists. You know, put yourself in issues. Imagine trying to fucking lead Wu-Tang. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no way. I can't imagine trying to get them all to show up at the same place at the same fucking time. Fucking nuts. Like fucking wild ass dudes. Yeah, you got to just be you and be like, that's it. Who cares what people think? Crazy. I'm like sympathizing with Riz. I usually am mad at him about stuff. Um, oh yeah, another one. Another one, like Faster Blade, was called Assassination Day. No ghost face. Just Master Killer, Raekwon, and RZA, and, uh, and Inspect a Deck. Which was like, yeah, just more, just more, like, just, uh, you know, adding to that whole feel of, like, this is a Wu-Tang album, and they just called it a ghost face album this time. Um, also, this is random, and I know you don't have answers for me, but I noticed Inspect a Deck on Spotify. There's, like, twice, maybe, where he's... He's I-N-S-P-E-C-K-T-A instead of with the H hmm. at the end. And then also he's listed as his real name. I forget it right now. It's something Rebel I-N-S. And it's like he's got like three different names he's going on on Spotify. And I don't know if it's Spotify fucking up or what the hell's going on. And I don't see it listed like that anywhere else like on the internet. If you look up that spelling, it just shows you the corrected spelling. It's so fucking weird. Spotify is odd. They also don't show features. Like, you don't know who's on the songs until you go on Genius and actually look. Because mm. Spotify will list, like, one out of, like, five people. Dude, I just... I, do, I got into... Uh, YouTube's the only premium one, and, like, YouTube premium is so worth it. Is it? Fuck yeah, dude. No ads. 
and you can play YouTube in the background of all your apps. It keeps telling me that. It's like, hey, wouldn't you love to play it in the background? And I'm like, maybe YouTube, but fuck and off. It's like, yeah, dude, you could do that anytime you wanted, you dicks. You're going to make me pay for this? That's funny. But it is worth paying for. Because then it's just YouTube is your music yeah. browser. Man, interesting. And then know. you have everything. You do have everything, because you know what I gotta do? I listen on Spotify, and then when they do shit like not put Winter Wars, which is definitely one of the greatest Wu-Tang songs of all time, they don't even have it on Spotify or Apple or anything. You can't have it. You get this whole album, mine is probably the best song. And so I listen to it, and then when I know it's supposed to be on, I switch to YouTube, and then I play that, and then I switch <laughs> back. And uh, that was in here. I was like, I just said it's a shame it's not on there. Caps, probably Capadonna's best verse ever, and it's also in the movie Don't Be a Menace, which to me gives it a lot of a lot of credit because yeah. I love that movie. I watched it in the last week. Yeah, like I have it just a file, and I just put it on to feel good. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. I love hood movies, and for that one, it's like you know, it's it's you know, if you if you're unfamiliar, it's like a spoof of every hood movie, and uh, it's phenomenal. I'm a sucker for like goofy spoof movies especially like older ones dude keenan ivory wins man all the like spoof black exploitation hell yeah like movies that he made like i watch all those that's great i've never like, watched growing those. growing up yeah oh uh, dude i'm gonna get you sucker like oh i actually did we watched i'm gonna get you sucker when we were kids yeah yeah yep. man just like a great great like sub 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 yes. you know like genre i love that shit soul plane is my favorite like, yeah fucking weird <laughs> Like, it's making fun of Airplane. I don't know who's familiar with that one. It's a Leslie Nielsen. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's fucking horrible and amazing, and I just can't give it enough praise. Um, yes, give me all those things. Uh, let's keep going, though. Moving on. Moving uh, on. We got... <laughs> Uh, what do we got? 260s, just a real nice storytelling. It's like just about drugs. And for me, Ghostface, it's all about the storytelling. Mm. And 260s, definitely. I, my only complaint is like, I want it to be like twice as long. But I love anything that has just like a solid, like really vivid, visceral storytelling theme. What is a 260? 260s are a dress. Like, oh, okay. In like, like the, the apartment they start in is like 260, and then just in a dress. Okay. Um, but yeah, I love that. And this album isn't really like... I know this gave birth to, like, along with Only Boat for Cuban Links, really gave birth to that, like, mafioso rap. And I haven't looked into this enough to know if there's, like, a continuous story. But Ghost starts doing that. Like, my favorite one is 36 Seasons, because it's, like, a continuous story of, like, Ghost going back to the hood. And it's, like, you can really follow it. It's like reading a book, and it's fucking amazing. And so anytime he does that, like, I automatically like that song. If it just tells a story. I don't know what that is. And for me, it's like not, I don't like all storytelling rap, but I like when Ghostface does it because he's just better at it than everybody else, in my opinion. So that's a good one. Uh, Poisonous Darts is just a wicked intense, just ghost going hard as ghosts do, and I love it. Uh, I was just talking to Eli, actually. I might start playing parts of these because apparently I can legally do that for small amounts of time. Uh, not today. Don't get excited. But it would be cool to be able to actually play this instead of being like, this is a great song, you should listen to it, moving on. So, I don't uh, know. Dude, maybe just hit him with a little 10 second, I'm just thinking. a little 10 second, like, just a little something. you know, because you're going through every track. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, or almost every track. Yeah. You know, 
but I think especially the first where you're like, you gotta pay them play the most vividly vile, disgusting yes. things and be See, like, he has some not so nice things to say about this young lady. It would really, yeah, it would really add to you that because that song like, is amazing. And he everyone, does seem quite frustrated here. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really gotta get on that. I will. I'll work on that, folks. Uh, what do we got? Fish. Oh, I love. Okay, I just gotta do something. Fish, ghost, face, genius, because it's the only place to look up. Lyric, shout out to Genius. Uh, I love the beginning because he says, we eat fish, toss salads, and make rap ballads. And so, like, people are like, okay, that could be, like, eating pussy and eating ass. That could be, like, eating fancy food and tossing money. But then someone's like, he could just eat fish and eat salads because they're all known vegetarians like most of the Wu-Tang yes. members are vegetarians so that could just be completely literal and saying that yeah we just we, we eat healthy and we make rap songs <laughs> but he also might be talking about eating ass and I think that's so good uh, I just can't get enough of that line I don't know I think we about it all the time we eat fish toss salads and make rap ballads yes fucking awesome yeah and it's like first you're like oh that's nasty and you're like no you might just be literally eating dinner and then like going to the studio yeah 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 <laughs> Living a clean vegan lifestyle. They are. That's the thing. Yeah. They really do. Uh, it's so funny. That's what I fucking love. Like you can take it. There's like ten levels to that verse. That you could just, mm. no matter like what your mood is, you might take it a different way. Like I immediately was like sex, but then I thought about it and I was like, no, like maybe salad. Like that's money. And then I looked at the annotation and someone was like, yeah, he also could be just talking about lunch. And I was yeah, like, right, right. Like, damn. That's literally, like had a nice like salmon salad. Like, yeah, he know? probably did. He probably did that same day. So I really, truly loved that. And it is indeed a rap ballad. It's a nice, chill, like, oh, it's just... Ghost makes some of the best, like, rap ballads and, like, rap, like, love songs, even though they get really filthy sometimes, but they all do. Um, yeah, Winter Wars was the next song after that, but I already started talking about that because I got upset. Um, again, though, possibly one of the best Wu-Tang songs. I'm going to say for top ten easily, and also one of Cap's, Cap's best performances. Um, and I feel like he would agree we're best friends. He once tagged me. He once uh, re-shared one of the things I said about him on his story on Instagram. For those who were unaware. Um, that's almost as cool as my mom working at Burton. Um, you're pretty much in the Wu-Tang clan, I, yeah. is what you're saying. I'm actually like an unofficial Wu-Tang member, I, I believe. Yeah, no, I'm into that. I agree. Once you get reposted on the gram, like, you get a ring. What else is like, there? You're, you're in. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in. I'm in the Wu-Tang clan. Uh, what are we doing? Uh, oh, All That I Got Is You. That's got Mary J. Blige in it, so it automatically is good. Uh, I've never heard a song with her that I was like, no. Um, but it really paints, it's actually, it paints a great, uh, this is what I was talking about. This is one of those songs where I'm like trying to just escape in my Wu-Tang world, and then he's talking about his life as a child, and you're like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> and it's really, it's very vivid and like sad, but it's also got that storytelling plus Mary J. Blige, so that shit is like top of my list as far as my favorite songs hmm. uh black jesus is great the beat has a choir in it honestly i think kanye copied them and made uh jesus walks maybe not really but i think he heard black jesus and it was in his head and then Might whatever 10 years later yeah, yeah it has that very like the, has a very kanye production feel and it also has a great you god verse and i feel like he doesn't get enough of those hmm You'll see him like once in a while on an Dude, album. You make me want to listen to Wu Tang so fucking bad. It's awesome. That's yeah. That's what I'm here for. Uh, it's fun to get into it like weird. Yeah. But you can also. It's also just listenable good music. But also, it's fun to just obsess over it. 
Uh, what do we got? I have no notes for this, but there's a song called After the Smoke Clear, and I'm a sucker for those drums. That's all I wrote. <laughs> I just, sometimes drums get me. For me, a lot of music, it's not so much like what's being said, but it's just like the feel that it creates when I'm yeah. listening to it and the vibe it creates. And that one just gives a good vibe. Uh, so, uh, the last track, it's called Marvel. Uh, I don't know much about Supreme Mathematics. Um, it's all about that kind of stuff. They're Ooh. they're they're all like uh, five percenters, I believe. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, and yeah. obviously, I don't know a lot about that. And this is another instance, though, where it doesn't matter because I love the beat, great rhymes, and of course, of course, of course, RZA has to be the last voice heard on this album. And his verse is really good, though. But and it's an excellent way to just wrap up the the album. And again, I know nothing about Supreme Mathematics, and I'll never pretend to. Not because I refuse to learn, but because I don't think that's my place. Like I'm, you know, I I feel like that's that's an interesting yeah right yeah like I resp- I I'm it's interesting but I'm not gonna start like learning it and pretending I'm a five percenter because I don't think as a white dude from Vermont I don't think I qualify <laughs> yeah yeah I just don't think you're I not do. in that you're not in that five percent dude yeah so uh, I mean all in all a I love just that this is a Wu Tang album just disguises as a Ghostface album. I also love that there's tons of good Capadonna on it because I'm a sucker for Cap. Um, honestly, I, I don't think there's any like major flaws. Like there's a lot of albums where like there's like one song where I don't like something about the beat or there's like a, literally like one sound I don't like or just some, one song, but none of that, none of that. So here's here's my breakdown of that. Uh, replayability, I gave it an all day out of 10. Uh, overall <laughs> feel, I wrote feels like a goddamn classic. Uh, beats, uh, I just said there's none I didn't like. Gotta be a 10. Delivery, 10 out of duh. Lyrics, 10 out of yes. X Factor, it's got the yuh out of 20. <laughs> or, that's a 12, but whatever. The scale doesn't matter. The X Factor is like that thing that makes it so I can't stop listening to it. Hmm. Because there's always a point where I, either I've had enough or I'm like, okay, this could go forever. Right. And that's when I'm like, okay, it's got that X Factor. This is in the pantheon. This could just keep going. Yeah, yeah. dude. So, I mean, so your, your scale, where does this rank? This in the okay, pantheon. that's a good question. So uh, let's see. I did that. Okay, right now it is the top. Oh, okay. It's okay. the top one. I know that's oh, bold. Oh shit! All I right. actually thought only built for Cuban links was my top, and I didn't think that would ever. I was gonna change. say, you know, as a JMP listener, you know, yeah. I thought that was set up there. Me so. too. But honestly, I thought about it, and I thought about it a lot, and I listened to each one back and forth, and I landed on Iron Man being my favorite so far. Honestly, I might be a little biased because I love Ghostface. But also, there's tons of Ghostface on Only Built for Cuban Wings. There's probably just as much Ghostface on that, maybe more, than there is on this Ghostface <laughs> On his Ghostface album. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, I guess let's let's move it on. It's getting late. I, don't, I mean, I'm all right. Uh, what do we got? Moving on. Moving on. We're on to... Okay, so uh, Gravediggers. I don't know if you listened to when I first talked about their first album, but it was like, for me, it's on the bottom of the list right now, and it still mm-hmm. is. Um, not because it's bad. It's it's honestly one of the first horrorcore albums, and I love horrorcore rap. I don't know. I got into it with DMX as a child in, like, 99. Yep. It's something about it. It's like watching a horror movie, uh-huh. which I loved. But for me, the reason I couldn't keep listening to that first Grave Diggers album was because it was so grating. It was like watching a horror movie over and over again. Imagine watching some really violent horror movie just consistently for days. Yeah, yeah. It gets a little too much like uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, it's like know. watching that. Just, Great movie. Yeah, but let's not watch but, it yes. many times in a row. So, whatever you need. I got one of these people. 
Yeah, have it. Roll my nose. Have it, Mark. I'll let you do that. Um, but yeah, so like that album, I, I, I just, I don't know. I felt almost bad about it because it's like this pivotal album in hip hop. It's really like people love it. It's people love Grave Diggers, and it's like it's the first uh, Wu Tang side project after their first album. So it's a big deal, but I didn't like it that much. But I decided before I listened to their next album, The Pick, The Sickle, and The Shovel, I would go back and listen to Six Feet Deep once more because it had been a while. And so then I wrote the following review, and I'll just explain what's happening. Uh, so I wrote, I went back to Six Feet Deep and ended up liking it a lot more after listening to it for the first time since I started Journey of the Woo 3. Maybe the only thing lacking on the album is replayability, but as for some reason I didn't like it as much after hearing it like 12 times. But after taking a couple months off, I'm digging it. I don't know what I was thinking the first time I reviewed it for Journey of the Woo 3. I guess any album can get old after a while. I don't know. I like it more now, though, although I still think I stick by where I placed it since these other albums are... You know, these other albums so far are like solid gold. They're like God-tier albums. Then my next note was, lol, okay, turns out I was listening to the second album. It sounded familiar. Let's try this again. So I listened to the second Gravediggers album again, thinking it was the first one, and I was like, why didn't I like this? This is amazing. But really, I was just, I don't know. Like, oh yeah, they got significantly better. <laughs> yeah, I really thought, like, I was like, what was I hearing before? And I was like, God, I gotta listen to everything again, because, like, my whole opinion's wrong after, like, a few weeks. Like, what the fuck? But no, I just listened to the wrong album. And then I was like, okay, turns out this second album is the shit. Um, and I, I wrote, what did I write? Yeah, okay, I stand by what I said. I do appreciate how gritty, mean, and intense the first album is. But the second one is just so much more sonically pleasing, I wrote. Because uh, I did, I went, I was like, okay, wrong fucking album. So I went back and I listened again. And I was like, yeah, this hurts my ears at times. And it's just the production. It's so chill. This album... Last time I was talking about how this guy, Too Poetic, sounded like he was doing an ODB impression. And I honestly think someone told him that because he really toned it down and now he sounds like himself, like a normal fucking rapper, not trying to sound like ODB. So that was really good. Wicked Strong, like right out the gate. Uh, I, would, I didn't really, I couldn't figure out why it was more listenable or why it had more replayability, but I think it's just softer sounds and the beats were just honestly, like I said, more sonically pleasing. Less like horror movie sounds and more just hip-hop albums and they honestly talk more about like supreme mathematics and aliens and shit than they did about like stabbing people and i guess i like that more i really love like jedi mind <laughs> yeah. tricks like early like that kind of stuff yeah, they're just talking yeah, about like yeah. ancient aliens and shit yes i love that and that's that's the vibe i got i was I like, like jedi I, mind tricks yeah i was like vinnie paz listened to this album back in the day because it felt like a jedi mind album 10 years later hmm. um I don't know. I think the my favorite track right now is called The Night the Earth Cried, which I found out is like one of the most like favorited ones on there. So I guess it makes sense. I honestly don't know what it is I like about it because all these songs had a really cool vibe. I think I liked all the songs almost equally, but that one just something stuck out, but like I can't really figure out why. And the second song I put in was just one called Never Gonna Come Back, which I thought was amazing. But they're all really good. It was like a fucking huge jump. And it on I wrote that it seems to take itself more seriously and there's fewer like lowbrow jokes. Like it was funny in the beginning in the first album when they're like make like I don't know, I can't think of anything right now. And I don't feel like looking it up, but they would just make like goofy jokes about like there was one guy like talking about like someone offering him a blowjob and he was saying like no I'm good with my hand and it was like this I don't know like some crackhead giving a blowjob I don't know it was like this really kind of like funny yeah, yeah. but like teenager funny stuff 
And there was none of that on this one. And it was all pretty serious shit. Mm. Like, not like, mm, scary, but like, it's like Reza was like, all right, let's back up. on Make like, an actual like, album. Like, yeah, let's do it for isn't, real this This isn't time. novelty. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I didn't have a shit ton of notes on this because I didn't, it's not like I, I, I didn't like obsess over it. Like for some reason, like a ghost face album just grabs me and I have to like really get weird about it. This one I listened to a lot, but it still got to a point where I was like, all right, I get this. Like, and I moved on. It's a great album. Don't get me wrong, but it still just doesn't quite have that replayability as, as of the other ones, but certainly way higher than the first Gravedigger's album. So basically, what I'm trying to get across is I still have it on the bottom, but it's one above six feet deep because <laughs> it's at least better than that. But all these other albums are on such a high tier. You're looking at the top five, like Iron Man, Only Built for Cuban Links, Liquid Swords, Tikal, and Dirty Thirty Six. Those are like you can't fuck with that. And yeah. like, yes, six feet deep, or yes, Gravedigger's is like a classic group. Less people know about Gravedigger's. Yes, you know. Yeah, and, and like you said, those those are on their own tier. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So, you know, they're still at the bottom, but I guarantee as we go deeper into this, they're, that'll still float on the top. Mm. Like a nice turd. It's going <laughs> to just keep floating, but then there's going to be some shit just at the bottom that's going to be really offensive. Um, but yeah, so replayability, I, I, I said it's way better, like I said. Uh, I could honestly let it go all day. It creates a good vibe, but... Something about it, like, really, I think it gets worse towards the end a little bit. It kind of dips, and for me, that's what made me want to, like, move on. Um, so, I didn't really give it a number, but it's obviously not up there with the rest. Uh, overall feel, clearly, way much better than the first album. Very chill. It has a, I wrote, an ancient feel? Like this, Ooh, okay. Like, 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 yeah, like, old fucking ancient aliens came down, like, a thousand years ago and made a hip-hop album. Right. <laughs> and it's great. Like, I love that. Um, so, uh, that's it. The beat's top-notch. I didn't like, I didn't dislike any of them. And I'm, some of RZA's beats have put in, like, a sound that I swear is just there to test you as a Wu-Tang fan. And it's like, if you really love us, you're gonna continue listening to this song, even though you want to pull your headphones off because of this screeching noise I put in the back of some mm -hmm. song, because I hate you. Yeah. So... It was, like, an overlay from some old kung fu movie yeah, from just, some, like, yeah, like some slight sound. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes I, like, respect that, but after a while, I'm just like, can you stop? Like, it was unnecessary. You're just doing this to piss me off, I think. Um, I like to take everything personally. But uh, I, st I didn't have any of that on here, which was interesting since RZA clearly had a lot of control over the sound of this album. And it's like he kind of relaxed on making it obscure and just went with, like, nice, sonically pleasing beats. I keep saying sonically pleasing, but I'm not going to stop. Uh, delivery, I mean, it's RZA. And the other, I mean, RZA's there to, like... Like, everything he does on there is great. His buddies on there, uh, Too Poetic and someone else. I'm sorry, someone else. Should have been more memorable. Uh, you know, eh. It's almost like they can be replaced with anyone else. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It also bothers the shit of me that it's not just, like, two other Wu-Tang members. Like, what the fuck? Right. It's so weird. And it's weird that, like, he got someone that sounds like ODB who isn't ODB, and ODB was perfectly alive. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, so, you know, that timeline is... But who knows in what kind of shape he was. That's the thing. I mean, he was doing his own album right now, too, so... Mm. But, I don't know. It's, just, it's some, Something about it kind of rubs me the wrong way, but I still get down with it, and I still love horrorcore rap, and I still think that, like, it's a they're a, they're a pivotal, like, group in that genre. Probably one of the first ones. Um, but, so, yeah, the lyricism, like, top-notch. Again, a lot of, like, Ancient Alien stuff, Supreme Mathematics that I don't quite follow, but I don't even care. And then, uh... It, 
I did say it has that X factor because even though at one point I was like, okay, I'm over this, I still it took me a long time, and I probably could have kept it going, and I could play it right now and be down with it, and there is something there, and it's such a higher tier than the first album that I just had to say, like, yes, it's got that X factor. So, that was the fucking Wu-Tang Minute. It was about an hour, but that's fine. <laughs> it was a great Wu-Tang discussion, though, man. I, your breakdowns are so detailed. That's great, the Thanks. consideration that's gone into. That's kind of the idea of Journey of the Wu 3, because 2, I kind of blazed over and was like, this album, yes, this album, no. And that was about it, uh-huh. and I wanted to be able to say more. Well, I feel like, you know, it, it, it like it's almost its own spinoff. It's like it's got to be like the Jesse Miles Wu-Tang, you know, listening. You know, I always wonder Listening like, companion. I don't want to stop with the Wu-Tang, but it would make things a little simpler if I didn't have to somehow incorporate Wu-Tang into it. But it was, I think it's kind of hilarious to bring guests on and make them listen to me talk about Wu-Tang, even I if do, they don't I like do, Wu-Tang. I do, I do too. Like, but I think I think it would be helped when you play some Wu-Tang. That's the thing. Yeah, if I make it more approachable to someone who doesn't know about it. That's so I think here's how it works, too, with podcasts. I think it's different if you're, like, taking a track and putting it right in mm-hmm. versus, like, if you and I are listening to something. Oh, like, if so I like, just play it yeah. out here like I do with my sound effects. Exactly. I can just play over there because, yeah, no one's like, mm, I'm going to listen to this Wu-Tang track for 10 seconds on this podcast. Well, and then it's quality. not like you're taking a digital copy of their music. True. Oh, yeah. This is just, like, their, that snippet of what's playing is part of this environmental sound so i think that's the way and then yeah and then it'll be good because you can just like listen to it and then just like turn the volume down and be like i like you know that's my favorite part yeah blah blah next track boom yeah you know yeah there's so many times where like it'll be a line and i really want to like say the line but it'll either have like the n-word or it'll like and i don't need to say it i'm not gonna say it but it's also like it kind of ruins it Right. And it's like I'm censoring it, but I'm not about to say it. And so then it's like, okay, like, how do I do this? Or even if it doesn't, it's just like words that I wouldn't normally say. And I sound yes. like an asshole. Yes. And so it's like, I just want to play the fucking line. And so now I think I just will. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I think that's the way to do it. I agree. I think as long as, and I do really think that's a real thing with the distinction is like, if you're playing it as part of like the environmental sound versus like, totally. If you're dropping something in that's like, and again, I think under 15 seconds, you're good anyways. Yeah. And you're not doing this for commercial gain. No, I am not. You know, so. <laughs> not yet. Scribbles. Oh. You know. Oh, Scrawlerbox. 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 Hit him up. Come on, I gave you a shout out. We'll see. We'll see. Got yeah. me into art. I am here today because of you. Got me back into art. I wouldn't have splattered all this shit all over this room if it weren't for them. Uh, dude, I think you really need to capitalize on that. I agree. Yeah, I'll guilt everyone that I... At least get some promo in. from them. Hell yeah. They do like a featured artist every month. I do consider like being, really? being it. Yeah, dude. You should definitely... I've thought about it. It's like a UK thing, but I think I can get in there. I don't know. If not, there's American ones that do the same exact thing. Yeah. I never do that. Like, you know, collective roots or whatever. They're always like, oh, we got contests. And I'm like, that would be good for me to do. And then I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... uh. You know, some people it's like they, they're good at self, you know, they're better at self-promotion than they are at their thing. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, usually the people who are 
more talented artists are less focused on the self-promotion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I try to Which is why I think you have a good, yeah, well, I think you have a good, like, branding, like, like, you know, like, just you yourself have a good voice, you know, and, like, as, like, a smart, like, observant person who's, like, takes things seriously and is funny, but not, like, you know, so super serial. Yeah. That it's not, not funny. I can't be serious or I get sad. And you know? Then, yeah, exactly. That's not the point of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's why I break things up with Wu-Tang and mm-hmm. nonsense. Yeah, I like it. I like to get dark, but I gotta bring it back. Dude, well, feel free to just cut that whole technological dystopia thing. I will never that I, cut that. That I got into there for a minute. No, but, that was amazing. Know. Let me keep it. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. I will keep yeah, it. Yeah, man, I, I, I stand by everything These I These folks can handle the darkness. Definitely. You gotta take the dark with the light. That's what pod, that's what Jesse Miles' podcast is all about. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I guess I guess I'll I'll end it. Uh, it's been a crazy episode. We recorded in two locations. I had a guest, and I honestly, it's fucking, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, dude, this was really this was really cool hanging out with microphones. Yeah, very weird. Podcast but also, should be. Yeah, I love it. You know. So, appreciate that, and for everyone listening, as always, don't make the world a worse place, but if you're going to, go supervillain with it, and be upfront, and just let us know. Uh, don't be, don't be quietly terrible, just make your, make your intentions known, and we'll appreciate that. So that is it, you can tell, because I'm going to play this song. Ah, still funny to me. <laughs> All right, that's it. Uh, still nice. funny. Absolutely. That was, that was awesome, man. Dude, that was.